Tonight's episode of the Bill Simmons Podcast and the Ringer Podcast Network is brought to you by ZipRecruiter. You know it's not smart? Nothing, because I'm really excited about this podcast. I feel super smart right now, but you know it actually isn't smart. Job sites that overwhelm you, tons of the wrong resumes. Luckily, there's a smart way at ZipRecruiter.com slash BS. They find people with the right skills for your job. They actively invite them to apply, get qualified candidates fast. Right now, my listeners can try ZipRecruiter for free at ZipRecruiter.com slash BS. ZipRecruiter is the smartest way to hire. Meanwhile, we're also brought to you by SeatGeek, the best app for buying and selling tickets to sporting events, concerts, I don't know, holiday stuff. What, what has tickets? Use SeatGeek. $10 off your first SeatGeek purchase on any game or sporting event. Use promo code BS. Download the SeatGeek app or go right to SeatGeek.com. We're also brought to you by the Ringer Podcast Network, which is having a phenomenal week with NBA players. Did you hear the J.J. Redick podcast with Jimmy Butler? It was great. Jimmy Butler explained his whole Minnesota exit. I still hold it against him like 20%, but it at least made a little more sense hearing him uh, expound on it. That was a really good podcast. And then winging it with Vince Carter, Kent Bazemore, and uh, Andy Finberg. They had Andre Iguodala and Steph Curry on. That was fantastic. And also caused a big news cycle. Jesus. Steph got in trouble for some of his comments about the moon landing. Uh, hopefully he'll come back on the Ringer Podcast Network. We're trying to get him on Shack House. Joe House. Joe House wants to make Steph Curry his co-host. I don't know if Steph Curry can fit into his day. We are also brought to you by TheRinger.com, where... We have some really great stuff coming this week. There's already some great stuff up there, some great best of 2018 stuff. Brian Curtis has a fantastic piece coming on Thursday. I am not spoiling the topic, but it's fantastic. We are also premiering our first episode of a series we're launching on YouTube and on the Twitter tomorrow that um, I'm very excited about. It's it's, I don't want to spoil that one either, but let's just say I'm one of the actors. Oh, yeah. You get to see me act. Incredible. All that stuff's happening at TheRinger.com. Coming up, Kevin Durant. First, our friends from Pearl Jam. All right, we're in KD's, I don't know what you would call this, where you're living quarters. Rich Kleiman is here. Jay Williams is here in the back, ready to talk Duke at some point. <laughs> um, we haven't done this since March. You won an NBA title since then. A lot of stuff's happened since then. Mm -hmm. um, the finals. Can we start there? Mm -hmm. What do you remember from that, from how close that Houston almost loss was? Because that was... Yeah, we there was, was a couple moments there when it seemed like if Houston hit one more three, it might not have been comebackable. Yeah, I mean, when we got fit down 15 in the first half, I was like, man, we got to step on the gas fast because these dudes can come out and knock down two threes to start the third, and we down 20, and like, man, this, this is going to be rocking in here if they get up 20 in right. the third. So we came out, we got some stops. that like We just needed to get stops because they were they, they had a great defense. That That's one thing about that team is when they switched everything, it took us out of a lot of our rhythm sets. Yeah. And, and that's what we love to do is 
boom, we setting the screen. Now we got somebody coming off free. Um, now the guy that's supposed to be guarding the screen, he coming up a little late. Then we might got the drop-off pass, and then once the guy rotates. So we trying to knock a couple dominoes down before we get a good shot. And they was taking away all those options. And um, so we had to figure out different ways to score. And they were super physical, too. And they were physical, too. They, they so. would push the refs right to the limit yeah, early. And yeah. it's like, if I, if you're letting me get away with this now, I'm doing this for four quarters, which yeah. was smart. Yeah, I mean, and they had physical defenders. PJ James is physical um, off the ball, and he's he's pretty strong. So, like, he he really good at, like, clogging up the paint with his – like, he may just stand there, but he's clogging up the paint a lot because they put him on guys who – or like slashers a lot, so yeah, you know he can, and CP was just allowed to got hit quick everybody hands too, so he can yeah. get some steals. So CP just a bulldog on the on the ball, so it was it was a tough series. It reminded me the OKC series in 2016 when the game Clay got super hot. Mm-hmm. Um, there was a couple moments in that game where if you had scored on like one more three or one more fast break layup mm-hmm. or something, I don't know if they could have come back and you could never make that one last play. Yeah. And that's in two years later, it was the reverse. You were on the <clears throat> other team where it was like Houston couldn't make that last play to get it by 20. And that, I don't know if you could have come back at that point. Yeah. I mean, you've been on both sides. I mean, you've been on both sides of that as a basketball player and just like any type of game where it's like, you can't get over the hump Yeah, or like, you know, that, you know, if they would have made a couple shots there, the game would have been totally different. Like you, you feel you felt that before as a player, but um, not a lot in those pressure moments when it's like winner go home and your season's over. Well, it's that's when it's like, man, these these plays really mean something now. So, do you think about that in the moment? Like, there's a timeout and you're like, we're down 15. Fuck this this. If we don't make a play right now, I'm going home. Or are you just like just in the moment of the game, not even thinking that stuff? Yeah, I mean, you just try to stay in the moment. The timeouts is hard to stay in it because you finally get a mental break from the game and yeah. physical break. So you like you thinking about what maybe the next play or a lot like a lot of us think the previous play or previous four plays. Like you just thinking about other stuff when it's a timeout and when you're in the playoffs in the game seven, especially you look up at the scoreboard on the road, you're down 15 points. It's like uh, we gotta hurry up, <laughs> or yeah. something. Something can happen to us. You know, we can be going home. And um, but it's think, one of those moments that you really kind of, you kind of, you dig down deep and figure it out. You think he like Houston has not been the same since, and they've struggled. Everybody's been writing about what's wrong with them. When you get that close, and then it doesn't happen, is it almost hard to rally back the next season? Some people seem to think it's like almost like mentally breaks a team and you got to rally back from it. No, I wouldn't say it breaks a team. I feel like they, I feel like that was their first year together, and you know, CP just signed, so they still got some. They, you know, I wouldn't say that was their last chance at it. You know, I yeah, think, I think they um, really believe that they're gonna be a part of. You know, they're gonna be around and be a contender for a while. So. Um, obviously, it was tough to lose. I'm sure it's tough to lose a game seven like that, especially um, losing one of your key players. And at home. And at home. And, but you see, you know, they retooled and got a couple new players, and they still play the same way. So if they get into the playoffs, no matter who they playing against, they're going to be tough. Even if it's on a roll, it's going to be – it's just a different level of focus, and they've been there, and they've been in tough situations. Been in game seven with us as champions. Like, they know what, that, what that's like. So – in the playoffs, it's just a matter of seeding for them. They just want to get in. 
especially if they like struggling a little bit to start the season with injuries or like they're not playing well. Like you're being diplomatic because you're worried they're going to be the eight seed and you're going to have to play them. Yeah, you know for sure. You worry about Houston being the eight seed. <laughs> yeah, they're tough. That's what I'm saying. I have so much respect for them because how yeah. they play. They're not going to be the eight seed. No, I don't think they'll be an eight seed. But like, it Rich, is twenty you're 20 feet from the mic. I'm always twenty feet. From Jesus. The yeah, well, the thing true. with the the funny thing about the West this year, I don't think it's like the greatest conference we've had over the last few, but it's deep, yeah, you it know, is. and it's like the 12th team and the 13th team. And just in general, it feels like the league is really deep now. We'll and night after night, you watch every, every team I watch is like, oh, I kind of like that guy. I like this guy. I like the yeah, Knicks. It's like 25 deep. The Knicks have like eight guys that I kind of like, whereas like you look 10 years ago, if you were a bad team, you were bad. You had nobody on your team. I feel like the West, I feel like the teams that are supposed to make the next jump in their progression, like Sac. Yeah. They're making that next jump. You like Sacramento? Yeah. I like Sac. I like Jaeger, Coach Jaeger, because playing against him in the playoffs, yeah. you really gain a respect for a coach because how they scheme and how they take away stuff. Like, you really realize how much work they put into it, especially playing against him in the playoffs. So, Were you talking about, what was that, Memphis, Memphis OKC? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, so Jaeger, I'm like, man. And he was an assistant, too, on the other teams. with Lionel, I think Lionel Hollins was the coach. He was an assistant, so I'm sure he was crafting a game plan a lot. Yeah. So I'm like, all right, I see a coach like that. And he got these guys playing a different way than he's used to coaching because he was more of a grit and grind, throwing yep. inside, high-low type of coach with Mark and, and Zebo. So they playing fast. They put the ball – he putting the ball in his players' hands and letting them be um, – giving them opportunity to be um, – take advantage of that opportunity they have and, like, putting them in great positions to be successful. And I'm like, you know, that's a sign of a good coach. And, you know, you could tell his players like that. Yeah, I'm bummed because the Celtics have their pick. And I thought it was going to be a top five pick. Yeah. And then you watch them, and yeah. it's like, yeah. yeah, Buddy Buddy Heald and Fox, and they have a bunch of young guys who can rebound and run the floor. Be a lottery and pick, though. Maybe I don't be, know. I they're they're, they're kind of lingering. Yeah, I think they're going to be lingering for a while. I think Fox might be special. He is. Yeah, I think is. I think Still he's a, a lottery pick, though. He's a possible All NBA guy in a couple of years. Okay. I like how infectious he is too. Like yeah. he's just so happy. The speed, man. He loves like, basketball. Yeah. And then Buddy, who I always felt like was going to be a good pro, and then I kind of was wavering on it. But I don't know. They, they changed the rules a little so that you can't, like, you can't clip the guys coming off screens anymore, and it seems like he's been one of the guys to take advantage of it. I like that team, though. That's a real – You like that in, that hardcore – basketball, like, real geek, like, observation. Well, it's been good like, for Redick, too. Like, the, the guys – and obviously some of the Golden State guys, but it's just agree? easier to come off screens now. Yeah. You've noticed that they changed the rules for that a little yeah. bit. But, uh, yeah. What, does it give you like one extra second? Yeah. It's just more so, it's just more so um, as you're moving to get around the screen, not not like before, I mean, before the screen comes, you can't really be that physical and like yeah. try to use a forearm or maybe grab a, a side of the hip or something like that just right. to slow them down a bit. All like, the Marcus Smart tricks. Yeah, the little tricks that you use before the, before the screen. Like, Chris Paul. Yeah. It's another one. Chris Paul's forty-seven fouls a game now. By the by, the way he used to play because he used to little elbow, little chip, all that stuff. Did you watch LeBron versus Wade last night? No, we. Had oh, a you game. waited at a game. Yeah, you wanted. Did you see the highlights last night? You wanted him to sit the game out to watch LeBron Wade. I forgot it was the same time. There's so much basketball these days. I don't yeah. even remember. I'm just watching <clears throat> basketball. I don't remember who's going to get to. Um, it was it was weird. <laughs> I don't like Wade. Kind of still looks the same. 
What do you mean? I know exactly what you mean. You know what I mean? It's it's like when it's David Robinson yeah, was retiring. Yeah, it's like, it's like yeah. he looks the same. It's like D-Wade still looked like White he, Howard. he got Howard like five, six more years to play. Yeah, like, I almost want him to have gray yeah. hair or something, yeah. so it makes more sense. I want him to look older. <laughs> yeah. You know what I'm saying? I'm also surprised <laughs> that he's at the tail end of his career because... I don't know. It's just easier to play into your mid late thirties now, but Who he never extended really his range. At the end of their career. Well, Dirk's another one. He looks kind of like Dirk still. He doesn't look like old Dirk. You lost me. No, but I'm saying <laughs> no. the way he plays. <laughs> I'm talking. My bad. I'm talking looks wise. The is still a dunk on somebody like now. Yeah. I thought you were talking about the way they look. No, I know. Yeah, yeah, Jason can't look older. Well, his head started he just to get looked like though. a different person. Come on, the head joke, Bill. <laughs> no, it's just his head. His, you know, you get older, his skull gets bigger. Kevin Garnett OG. never looked different. He looked like no. the same young KG. Yeah, and it threw people year. off. Yep, that's right. But like, uh, like Mikhail, when he got old, he seemed old. He, he looked old. He was like thirty-five. He was old as a rookie, yeah, he, though. He got heavier. Paul Pierce did get heavy, but I always felt like if he got in the game, he gonna he gonna knock a three down. Right. He had the three and he had the old man game. Yeah, like he could get a basket. Mm -hmm. There's some good old man game guys now. Who do yeah. you think is the uh, one of the best? I, you know who that, that Knox on New York, I think, could have a good old man game in like three years. Old he's got man that, game. He's got three that years. that herky jerky kind of the big shoulders and you think you want him people? to aspire to have an old man game in three years? No, I just like the herky jerky game. I'm trying to I, figure out who I, I, got a, I have. A, I got an old man game. Did, yeah, you have. Yeah, old Kyle Anderson is a good one. Yeah, here's what That's I don't slow. want. I don't I mean, want not Kyle Anderson. To, I'm saying you're saying old man game means. I don't slow. want basketball to just turn into everybody shoot threes. Yeah, where he's slow with it. Boom, he gonna Conley. back you down slow. Conley, classic pickup game that would translate to any era. Controls the ball. A, make sure a, everybody yeah. everybody's gonna get there. Yeah, he's a set. He's a whatever. He's a, yeah. Get a shot on whatever part of the court. But I just I worry that basketball is moving into this direction where just everybody's gonna shoot threes and and that's just where we're going so i i like i embrace the guys that are weird i love Jokic. there's like nobody like Jokic, you know he he jumps about six inches and he he's they run the whole offense through him 25 feet for the basket yes um how about I don't know, that he's just soccer cool. uh, soccer throw uh buzzer beater he had from three the other day oh yeah yeah he throws some of the craziest passes though like he, he he threw one. It's like it looked like a jump shot, and it floated like a jump shot, but it landed right in Paul Millsap's hand for a layup. I'm like, I seen him, but I don't even think I can make that pass that accurate. Yeah. Shooting it like that, you know what I'm saying? Then he threw a wrap around from one side of the floor to the other corner, just off a of no look. I'm like, yeah. It's like Arvidas Sabonis. Well, and Bill Walton before he got hurt. Yeah. He's on that list though. I mean, he's averaging like seven assists oh, a them game. Them dudes were passing straight out of the post though, right? Bill Wallen was pretty crazy. But he was only passing out of the post. Yeah, he wasn't this 25 feet from the basket. This dude was passing from the three-point yeah. line. Yeah. From, uh, Sabonis up. allegedly could. Nobody, I mean, there's barely any video of that stuff, though. I feel like I watched him play. I you like can watch I, him on YouTube. You well, you saw him in Portland when he was old. Like, that was somebody who, oh, when he got old, he like got old. Young Sabonis. Yeah, young I never Sabonis. saw that. That's when they called him. They, what was the nickname they had for him? There was like it was a, like God. Yeah, like God. Russian like, God. Russian God. Yeah, he was like, he's seven bad. feet, could pass, could do all that stuff. Yeah, it was like, because he didn't come to the league until 35. It's funny, everybody says well, that. For real? Yeah. I thought he was like late 20s. No, nah, he was at early 30s. Oh. It's funny, everybody says the center's dead, and I think we have a lot of fun centers right now. Yeah, we do. And Bede's a freaking beast, man. He's putting up Shaq numbers. Yeah, he's, yeah, he's It's like good. high 20s, 
13 rebounds. I love Embiid's game. Mm-hmm. You know what's interesting about him? I'm interested on in your take on this, KD. He he's really competitive to the point that he actually wants to like destroy you all his rivals mentally. Everything, yeah. Which is you you never kind of cross that line. It, it's almost like he's got like a dark side. He's like he sees Andre Drummond and he goes, "I want this guy to have his night ruined and question whether he's still a good NBA player after tonight." You never go that far when you're playing somebody. You trying to rip somebody's heart out? You're just trying to win, right? Like, you're just trying to win the game. He's trying to rip people's hearts out that are like his size. Just. I think his play does that anyway. That's how I feel. I, think I don't he, think I don't think he needs to do all of it, but I kind of enjoy that it's in the league. I don't see why it's a problem. I mean, it's not harming. Well, I anyway. felt bad for Andre Drummond. <laughs> he seems sad after one of the games. I'm like, come on. I mean, I'm sure Andre Drummond will come, come with it next game. No, That's he had 17 saying. rebounds the other night when they That's played. Saying he'll come with it next game because I mean, I don't see what the problem is with MB doing it. I mean, he's still playing well. He's still focused. It looked like. The problem is when he gets the other team fired up and it actually works against them. Because that's what happened in the Celtics series last year. He was talking a lot of shit to Baines, and Baines actually was playing pretty well, and it kind of backfired. So that would be the only danger, I guess. You let me learn from that stuff, though, because we all talk trash before, and it's just like uh, you got humbled quick, and you just know when to do it. When did that happen to you? In high school. Who was it? We are playing against – we were playing – well, I was at uh, Nike All-American camp, and we were playing against Boo Williams. Who I remember Boo Williams. Boo Williams. They were the best team that summer, but I didn't play against them yet. So I was just like, you know, I was riding sky high. I was, like, knocking down crazy shots going into that that whole summer, just playing well. So my confidence was sky high. And I was just like, yeah, we're going to beat the shit out of y'all. <laughs> That's like we was Fielson Dalton. It was Friday night, and my boy Jesse Rosenfeld, he was coming down the middle of the paint. What is happening right now? <laughs> Also, you interrupted a good KD story. I was hanging on this Boo Williams story. Yeah. You just brought in Jesse Feinstein. Yeah, what was his name? That? So Boo Williams kicked your ass? <laughs> <laughs> next, next, Tyler. <laughs> but uh, no, they, so they kicked out. No, I told them that we were going to beat their ass. Me and Ty Lawson was on one team. It was Vernon Macklin. Um, they had some high, some high D1 players um, on their team and, like, a lot of low major D1 players. We had just two high D1 players and a couple, you know, just low major D1 players. So they yeah. were really – they had a really talented team, and I was just talking so much shit. and Didn't work out. You know, I had, like, nine points. I missed, like, eight threes. Like, after every shot I missed, I'm like, damn. And the dude I was talking shit to, he catching lobs and dunking on people. I'm like, <laughs> let me focus on playing ball today instead of talking shit. And maybe wait till after the game. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So I just we, wasn't focused on actually winning when you talk. Like me, I can't do it. What was the the first big OKC playoff series was against the 2010 Lakers, right? Yeah. Did you guys talk shit to Kobe or were you just quiet? No. You quiet against against the best like that because you got. Do you feel like you're said, too deferential? No, it's not like you're too nice either. You just don't say anything. Just do your job. Like you're not going overboard trying to like push him over and talk shit to him just because you want to be tough or like 
you're not being super nice to him because you Kobe Bryant. You're just like playing hard as you can because that's what he's gonna respect more than anything. And Did he talk shit to you? No. Nah. He only he never started anything. He just he always just finished it. <laughs> I mean, if you talking shit to him, he gonna dish it back out, and he not gonna hold. There's no holes bar. Like he gonna say whatever comes to mind, and it's just like usually flexing on everybody. I uh, I feel like he took Tatum under his wing intentionally to try to screw up the Celtics. <laughs> All of a sudden, Tatum's shooting these nineteen foot fallaways with it with a hand in his face. And I'm like, you weren't doing that last year. Why are you listening to Kobe? He was doing that. He probably wasn't doing it six times a game. He probably was doing it three times a game last year. I don't trust Kobe's intentions. I know he doesn't like the Celtics. He's all of a sudden he wants to help out Jason Tatum. That's that's my point. He doesn't like my team. Stay away from our best player. Or our best young player. Stay away from him. He can't even like talk basketball with him. No, stay away. I don't, I'm not interested in your input, Kobe. Uh, in 2011, you did uh, you played Dallas in the playoffs, and I think you were actually favored. It was Dirk ended up having the run, and he went on. Uh, he went on. Uh, ended up beating LeBron and Wade and all those guys in the finals. But in that series, you guys were favored in the second round. Yeah. Oh, I no, that. we lost them in the conference finals. Conference finals. Conference finals yeah. We was we were favored that series. I think you were. That was pretty old. We Dallas were on the road. Wait, I know, but you were like they, at that point. You were like America's we won, young we favorite won, team. We won game two, so I'm sure that's probably why. Was Dirk talk, did Dirk talk shit? Nah, he ain't talk shit. He one of those dudes too. You talk shit to him, he'll say some. He'll he will, he'll say like he'll say uh he'll just kind of look at you like like what are you doing and then he'll proceed Be to confused. bust your ass like he won't say much but he'll get, he'll, he'll acknowledge that you're talking shit but he just never said nothing either he just played shit talking received yeah he received it yeah and he played that way too he you could tell he was a dog like he just didn't give a fuck about you like he didn't care if you talk shit he's still gonna go to work yeah who talked the most shit of anyone in your generation KG KG, even when KG. he was kind of like past his prime, was still talking like he, he started was like a superstar. talking shit. That's how he got going. Did he talk shit to you? Yeah. Oh, yeah. My first game against him. <clears throat> what would he say? Just, oh, my bad. Go ahead. I feel like shit talking. I never played in the NBA. Right. right. I know you have 1.3 million followers, listeners. Newsflash, I never played in the NBA. But I feel like shit talking is of legend a bit, right? Like. Did Kevin Garnett really shit talk you more than anyone else, or did you feel like Kevin yes. told you that he was gonna be? The yeah, one KG to talked to everybody. No, he that was really like a big part of his game. Oh. Yo, don't yo, most? don't come chiming in if you ain't been on the in the Rich, co- on Rich the is with 0 for dudes, two yo. with interruptions. <laughs> I said I don't know. You haven't been in the trenches with these cats. I know man. that's why I'm saying I don't know. But you I, stopping it like yo? Are you really telling the truth? <laughs> <laughs> what I'm saying, yo, don't yo chill. But what I'm saying no more is that. If as a fan, as a consumer, everyone says the same three people, is that true, or is it just the answer? Like, there's no Let surprise fi- person. No. Okay, go on. My bad. So first KG all, was the king. First of all, I don't look at shit talking from anybody but elite guys. If you're not elite and you talking shit, then it's just like you just. See? That's good information that I got. Another guy talking shit. Yeah, but, but I knew that already because, like, when Ennis no, Cantor talks shit to him, he gets mad. He's just like, why are you saying shit, Ennis? 
Yeah, it's yeah, like one of those things. Like, I shouldn't even be talking to Ennis Cantor. Like, he's a good player, but it's just like, yeah, not up there. Yeah. So I like, I'm like, I get mad at myself when I talk back to Ennis Cantor. But if I say something to KG, I'm like, all right, bet. Yeah, I'm with, I'm with it today. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, he's like he's lighting a fuse. Yeah, KG is just like, all right, you got to be on your game today outside of playing. Like, you got to know this is one Jimmy of those Will nights. Played against Mike. Did he shit talk you? Oh, the entire time playing. Yeah, shit talk Mike. Well, Mike, Mike, you never played against Mike. If he started shit talking me, yeah. Huh? No, did I play against Mike? I'm trying to think with that. how would that have happened. No, not in the NBA. I'm just saying, like oh, in the scrimmage or. Did. Yeah, but you oh, never like scrimmaged against him or played oh, no, a Nike never thing been or around him, shit. Never been around him on the court. I got to see him once. I wish. At the Four Seasons playing Boo Ray with three other guys, and he became full MJ and started bullying and trash talking. I was like, oh, this is great. Who was this, in that game? It was, uh, it was him and Oakley against two other people that I didn't know. Him and Oakley together playing yeah. cars. I, I bet that's a dynamic duo. They, I wrote about this. Come in, start talking. Well, I wrote about this when it happened because they sat down at this table and I just felt like the cards were going to come out. They just had that look to them. And then all of a sudden, cards came out and they, and they were off. I'm trying to think who else was the famous trash talkers. I remember Gary Payton. Yeah. I heard well, Payton. Gary Payton was like I heard, yeah. Iverson. What'd you just say? What? You heard. I heard, yeah. Iverson. Of legend. Iverson was famous. But I played against KG, so I knew. That's true. What do you think of Iverson being like uh, courtside for these Philly games now? I, I kind of like it. He is he is the Seventy Sixers. Yeah, I think I think it's uh it's been effective. I'm the most fascinated by that team, especially since Jimmy went there, and you have Embiid, and you have Simmons, and you have Jimmy, who conceivably, I would say, are three of the top twenty guys in the league. Maybe even three of the top like eighteen. You said Simmons, Simmons, Embiid, and Butler. So three I don't know, I don't know guys. Simmons in there yet. You wouldn't throw him in there yet? Not yet. I, I think, think I M- voted for him for 13 months last M- year. I think Embiid and, uh, and, and Butler has done it for a little longer for me to say that. That's fair. You had Embiid. I heard your podcast where you went through your early season MVP predictions. <clears throat> yeah. You had Embiid up pretty high. I had him as an MVP uh, candidate. It's interesting, he's though. A, he's, a, he's a beast, bro. <laughs> Butler went to the he's team. He, he's tough. He's even talked about it three days ago that he's had trouble adjusting to the Butler trade. Of course, it's somebody else that because B got the ball a lot in his hands. Without when, but before Butler came, he had to yeah. rock a lot, a lot of possessions. He had the ball in his hands, so now you got somebody that can handle alongside you. That's going to take the ball out your hands a little bit more. So you're going to just once you adjust to that. That's what I'm saying. You got to look at them in like March, April, how they end the season. I think if they get it, if they fit, they get it right. They could be they need, tough. I like that he said that. Why to why? I don't like that he said it like, to the media. I, I, well, I don't. Yeah, let me not get in the way of. I don't. It's not my business where or or, or who he said it to. But in general, like the fact that he said it. Yeah, I like he's thinking it. Ideas, like, I like that, that he's, he's thinking, thinking it. Yeah, he's a hooper. He threw him off. He wanted to talk about his yeah. healthy. Problem. Yeah, I get that. Yeah, I'd like that he's thinking it because he's thinking about how he can be effective out there. That's half of the battle. But then he says it, and then it becomes a story for an entire day, yeah, and people pull the headline out of context, well, all that exactly. stuff. Exactly. You know, but, like, you know, seven microphones in your face the second after the game, emotions running through is tough. 
I just know, I think, I mean, Embiid just knows it's not really that serious, but it really is to people if you say something like that. Like, I don't think it's going, like, he's not looking at it like it's really going to hurt anything, but he's just like, this may help us as a group. So why right. not say it? You know, so I can get it. I get it because I feel the same way sometimes. I was excited when he said it because as a Celtics fan, I was like, this is great. Butler's going to screw up the Sixers. But then I read the quotes and I was like, Oh, this that. makes sense. Embiid, Embiid was getting the ball a lot, and now he's not getting the ball quite as much. He's getting used to it. It's refreshing that you're so honest about how know much you, you love your team. Yeah. Like, I want Troy Aikman at the end of a Cowboy game. <laughs> just, just be like, just yes, to, we like, did it. Stop bullshitting and just be like, <laughs> yeah, seriously. Like, I, seriously, when he does a giant game, I can't, I mute the TV. It's a joke, man. You're just really honest about I it. I was so upset that the Celtics started off badly this year that um, we know I was in a funk, <laughs> but now it's fine. We just had to move the lineups around. We're good now. We'll what about the Dolphins? We'll see in the what final about four. The end of the Dolphins. No, that's uh, fine. Patriot game. That doesn't that's bother fine. you? No, well, it bothered me financially because I bet on the Patriots. But um, yeah, but you, no, we're, we're fine. We're a bit anyway. two seed. What was the spread? No, we teased them in a money line. Oh, teased them down. All they had to teased do is win. Down to even All they had to do is win. I had them and KC, and I'm <clears> watching, and I'm concentrating on the KC game. And then I look on one of the other when TVs, and guys are running around. Reverse, you do the same time slot. Where you do two games at one, and then two games at four. Where you split them one and four. I usually like to do right in the early time slot. Yeah, you got to do your one o'clock, your four o'clock, then you just gotta yeah, play yeah. around to eight o'clock. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes you got to let it go. Do you? This whole NBA gambling thing. Are you even following this, KD? No. Do you? This. <laughs> this is like all over the story. <laughs> no, like. A year, two years from now, I think this is going to be things. People are going to be at your games getting excited because you guys were favored by nine. And What's they got to do with me? I don't know. You know do you think anybody cares? No. Why should we? It has nothing to do with us. You do you notice that. when people are cheering at weird times in the game? No. Like you're up 12 and... Well, they somebody hits a, a three I and never, people are, I never even thought about, like, damn, people are come here to... Actually, bet on the they bet on the line, so they want to watch the game to see if they win. No, I never thought about it. But I'm sure it happens. There's nothing wrong with it, but I don't I'm not really sure how that's going to play out because they, this whole live betting thing is going to become a thing. And I, I don't you think it's two years away like that. I don't know. I think it's going to be really hard to set the live betting. So he goes in the timeout. The Rockets are up by that the shit's set now though. You can live bet, but how but how to do it accurately? It seems you're asking like these random weirdos in like the Bahamas to set these lines constantly. I don't know. It feels odds makers, man. I don't trust it. Obviously, you've inv- obviously Rich is invested in <laughs> some weird Bahamas company. <laughs> I'm not invested um, in a Bahamas company. I'm, it's called gambling. <laughs> so, <laughs> so you've so this year, I would say the. Uh, the coverage of the NBA has been more intense than ever. And especially like with the Warriors, you have so many reporters now. Yeah. The Athletic beefed up the Warriors staff. And then yeah. there's other teams and there's like seven, eight guys who are at every practice. Then the national media. Yeah. And it's just day after day after day, people waiting for any of you guys to say anything that they can turn into a story. Um, I'm interested, first of all, in how do, you, how do you balance... How do you balance the relationships with those people at those practices? Do you do you play have to play favorites? Do you have to give one guy something one day and somebody the next day? How do you do it? Uh, I'm pretty. I'm just pretty. I'm just pretty cool with everybody. If they want to, usually when we have a media scrum, if somebody wants to talk to me on the side, he tells me I shouldn't do it. But 
you know, if they, I just enjoy talking basketball and just the NBA in general. So a lot of those dudes know it. And a lot of those um, beat writers, whoever, national media who come to games or practices, they just know that they can, they can pull us to the side at any time, you know, and have a word. It's on us to, choose, to make a decision if we want to talk or not. But most of the time, I just, I'm just cool with a bunch of them. So I don't really have to pay, play favorites, but obviously I know a couple more than others, but everybody's just cool. I'm just cool with every one of them. It's almost like The Bachelor when the guy has the 25 girls in the mansion the first night and they're all asking to steal him for two seconds. That's what it seems like the life of the Warrior Stars is like. To Mark Spears. Yeah, it's like <laughs> Chris Haynes is like, KD, can I steal you for a second? Yeah. He pulls you aside. Yeah, what happens it. if two guys try to steal you at the same time? I mean. You just have to take them both? No. Nah, I mean, I don't really, I don't have to do anything. I mean. You like this stuff, though. Yeah, it's cool. I mean, like I said, if you would be around this and you want to cover as much as, as intense as most of these guys cover it, like, why not? I talk ball all the time. I I like talking the league. I like talking just basketball in general, the game itself. So if you want to be around, I mean, at, the t- at that time, why not talk? What questions do you not get asked enough during these day-to-day media sessions? I mean, Would, do you wish people asked you more about like this is other teams, like your thoughts nah, on the league? I mean, what, nah, do you, uh, what do you wish they asked? I don't really care. You know what I'm saying? Like, what yeah, they but you're ask. there. They're bugging you. Like, I'm not hey, is there stuff the, you want to talk about? I'm not coming into the media session like, all right, you, they, uh, if they ask me this, like, I want them to ask me this. Like, no, nah, I'm just like going with the flow. Whatever. You're trying to get it over with. There's days that I like I enjoy talking about basketball and the league and all of that, but there's days when I'm just like, all right, let's just hurry up and finish. What it, so after the thing, I went to that Clipper game when when the whole thing with Draymond went down, mm-hmm. and then you had to deal with the media the next two days. Are you like dreading it? What's, what's no? I'm not dreading it. I know it's, I know what questions are coming or topics with you know what the majority of the media is going to be the session is going to be about. I just try to handle it as best as I can, you know, just not fake my, you know, what I'm feeling or just not try to be extra, just be myself, be authentic and, but keep stuff in house though. I try not to reveal what's going on in the locker room or what guys think about certain things or what's said or I just try to keep it, you know, to where it is because everybody know we got into something. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. I'm not trying to dive into details, but be myself. What do you think of the media? I went to the game. I want to hear what you think of the media for a second. In what sense? Just the landscape of the media right now. I think the basketball media is the most fun it's ever been. Because for who? Because I think I think all the people that cover basketball now really love basketball for the most part, and really enjoy the product. Like, wait, one of my frustrations when I was coming up, and one of the reasons I think my column did well um, initially was because a lot of the people that covered a sport like the NBA, didn't. it seemed like it was their job, but they didn't love it. And I could see, I would go to the Celtic games and I would see people typing their stories, sitting courtside as the guys were playing. And I was like, how are you not watching this? These guys are right in front of you. And now I think, like, I really do genuinely think that most of the people that, 
are the most well-known media people or the people that cover the teams for the like they all really like basketball and they get it and they work hard at it and i, uh, I also feel like i because i read a lot of stories just and i feel like a lot of these writers are just getting more creative control over their content yeah and i think, I think that's, that's true i think that's probably that's that's a reason why just like the fans imaginations are kind of running wild with so much because a lot of these guys just they enjoy the game so much and they kind of just writing what they see on top of like what they feel about the game and they getting that control i felt like back then when he was reading the paper it was just like this guy had 25 points on right nine for 17 shooting he shot well but also this guy played well and they didn't fin- like it was just mainly what happened in the game not a lot of just analysis on different perspectives you know when I was growing up, Bob Ryan was the Celtics guy in the Boston Globe, and he actually really understood basketball. That was one of the reasons, like, I feel like I know basketball is just reading his stuff. And he and would Jackie McMullen, right? And then we had Jackie too, but we had people that actually would explain stuff. I I think with the media right now, between Twitter and like, if you write something stupid or you write some crazy take that's just idiotic, you're gonna get skewered on social media like pretty much right away and it puts more pressure on writers i think to at least not do that and to be fair or at least uh, mostly fair because they because if they're not they're going to take shit and i i, I do I think, think it gives th- there's some checks and balances now that there weren't 10 years ago i just think the biggest thing with the writers now because everybody's a writer now if you have like a, a platform yeah i just think i, I feel like they think their only duty is to be truthful or just honest to their opinion and just kind of stand on their opinion, but also on on side of that, give facts, give stats, give analysis on what they kind of see, but more so than anything, it's just going to be from my perspective. Right. You get what I'm saying? And there's well, a lot think, of those wait, people wait, that are out mean? there. I think, what do you mean the last part? That they're just really giving you a look, not just main, not just based off of like – so, I mean, how I'm trying to explain this, like, it's more so just opinions and mixed with a little bit of facts, mixed with a little, mixed yeah, with yeah. like some clip. little little fact at times, right? Because I yeah, little fact at times, but also from the, just from how they view the game. Yeah, my my thing is like, and I say to him a bunch is that first of all, they should be called writers. They're like reporters. Reporters, yeah. Because they're not all writers. True. At all. So you can't call them all writers. And they're all reporters, and they all get access. Like, I'm confused at times with the amount of access, right? Then you get that amount of access, then the rules should just change a bit. The way, like, the rules on the court have changed and evolved, I don't understand why they have to, like, stand in front of 15 microphones the second the game ends. I feel like... I I disagree with that part. No, but let me just... I'll tell you why. Because of the amount of access that's given the amount of information that we consume from basketball players on a minute by minute basis like I always felt the need to hear from everybody after the game because that was the only information I got like right that and then you got then sports center came and then it was like the morning paper like I guess you want to hear from you after the game when yeah. you guys are talking about the game but I don't want to hear from them after the game when the reporters feel the need to ask you questions outside the game, after the game, in the heat of the moment, when they also had time. Oh, yeah, I get in that. In the locker room, on the way to the bus, in practice earlier, with your phone, on text. And then it's yeah. like, 
oh, here you are again in front of my face after I played 48 minutes. I want to talk about ball. That maybe should be like sacred basketball time. I don't know. I just think there's no rules apply to it. And I don't I don't know as a fan what I'm really supposed to get from those post-game press conferences because... That's what I'm saying. What is that moment exactly? Well, I, I, I just don't know. It's just a, it's just what your, am I going to learn? Your view of the game. I mean, like... But it's like, Katie, what happened out there? You missed some shots in the fourth quarter. Uh, what do you wish you had done differently? It's like, I don't know, made the shots? Like, that's, what, that's why Pop, I, I don't that's know what I he, love. Like, Pop answers it so matter-of-fact that the reporters are like... Okay, yeah. Belichick uh, does it too. Belichick just, you know, and the funny thing with Belichick, he loves when people ask him football questions. You know, like hardcore, yeah. hey, I noticed way? you flipped yeah. the 3-4 around and you were rushing the linebacker on the outside. What made you and do that? Belichick's like, oh, great. And then he just wants to like nerd out. It seems like you're the same way sometimes. Yeah, I like talking, I like talking just pure basketball, but I also like talking to other stuff, the other side of the game too, which is just like the the gossip of the game, who's getting traded, who's yeah. going here, um with this with their cap looking like. I just like talking that side yeah. too because you, you I mean, that's we see that everywhere and no, we so talk about it all is, the time like I think that's the cool part of it too. The players being, you mean talk about it. Yeah, just just yeah, everybody just talking about what's going on around the league. Did you see soon somebody get traded? You know, you know as soon as it happened in the locker room because somebody's looking at it or yeah. But a lot of times it. when you get a headline out of an athlete or you get an athlete that might have spoken out of turn in whatever that means, there is no you know out of turn in terms of they maybe apologize the next day or whatever it may be. It's usually the heat of the moment, right? Yeah. yeah. So the media is able to that. lead you right after the game in the quote unquote heat of the moment. It's like in those 10 minutes, some things maybe should be like a bit like left to the side. Like if they're going to be able to walk with you during practice in the hallway, ask you questions about your personal life, your mom, your dad, how you evolve, where do you want to live? How do you want to live? Do you want to be here for this? Then it's like right after the game. Let's talk about basketball then. That might be for the heads. Don't put a mic in my face. I get what you're say saying. Like, I get what you're yo, saying. you just played 40 minutes. You lost in overtime. But like, did you have a chance to talk to Draymond yet? Like, man, yo, chill out. Like, just play basketball. Then you know why you may react by saying, yeah, like, don't that. ask me that question yeah, I right that. now. I feel that. I feel that. I agree with that. a little bit of a rule to it. But I get that, they, that at this point, like, yeah, yeah have it's, a conversation. There's no rules now. It's like, but what yeah, you want. Shit anyway. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> well, I think it's interesting. I think it's interesting about the, who cares. Uh, if we don't like it. I mean, saying, we I don't, don't really like care. About we don't it. like it, but it's it. like it doesn't really matter. But like, who who cares if we talk come about on, it? Come on, Bill, come into our world. We don't. Yeah, give a like shit. yeah, who who gives a shit? But like, it is like it should change. Like, yeah, but, but you saw. Who cares if it doesn't? Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, but like, it's cool to talk about for conversation. But who gives a fuck? <laughs> Hey, let's take a break to talk about Simply Safe, one of my oldest podcast friends. If you've been thinking about getting a Simply Safe home security system, but you've been waiting for the holidays when all the tech deals come out, you made a smart move. Right now, get a deal on Simply Safe that is awesome. SimplySafe.com slash BS. Take advantage of their amazing holiday offer. They don't do stuff like this that often. They're doing it right now for our listeners. Great protection for your home and your family. They don't make you sign a contract, no hidden fees. They're getting great reviews. CNET, PC Mag, Wirecutter all say Simply Safe is the best security system there is. If you're looking for a security system and want a great deal, go to simplysafe.com/bs. Make sure to use that URL. It helps the show. It makes people happy here at the Ringer. simplysafe.com/bs. That is Simply Safe with two eyes. Hurry. This offer ends 
soon. And since we're here, can I tell you about Allbirds? Oh, I can? Awesome. They're dedicated to making stylish, comfortable footwear using premium natural materials designed for life's everyday adventures. Their wool runners are comfy shoes made from wool. They're soft. They're designed simply. No unnecessary logos. They come in a bunch of classic and limited edition colors that you can wear to work or to play in the office or out in the town. You can feel good about them too. Made out of New Zealand merino wool. Requires 60% less energy to produce than typical synthetic materials used in shoes. Uh, they have sent me some. I've talked about them. I mentioned how much I like them. People in my life have said to me, hey man, I heard you talk about the Allbirds. I'm wearing them right now. I swear that's happened. They're good shoes. Kyle, you don't, they, you're not good enough to get them yet. Sorry. Oh, I got them. Oh, you got them? Yeah, you mad? Yeah. <laughs> Kyle got them. He's, he's wearing them. I mean, who's not wearing them? With the holidays right around the corner, it's time to consider Allbirds as a gift for someone on your list or for yourself. The all new wool runners available in a variety of limited edition colors at allbirds.com. Back to KD. What about like the Bulls thing? <laughs> I love when he gets this way. The Bulls thing uh, a couple days ago where the guys refused to practice. So are you guys talking about that in the locker room? Like, did you see that Bulls thing or is it all like that's not something that would I'm come I'm not up? trying to give you the whole locker room spill. I'm just curious. I'm just Type of shit if- we talk about, but just like, yeah, we did talk about that. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, I mean, I just like – I. It was it a back to back they tried to practice on, I think. They played they beat somebody. I think they beat Oklahoma City, then the Celtics killed them. And, and then, then the guy was like, We're doing back to back practice. It was yeah, a back to back games and they yeah. practiced. See, I did the back to back and we had a shoot around we had a, a shoot around on a back to back and you never do that. If you played the night before and you land in the city, like we had a shoot around the next morning, my rookie year, PJ Carlissimo. And oh, I thought it was like I'm like, all right, cool. Kurt Thomas was like, man, what the hell? <laughs> <laughs> Shoot around. I'm like, oh, so we're not supposed to do that. <laughs> that's not the, that's not the, that's just not, that doesn't happen in the league, I guess, huh? So I I get that, but I'm practicing the, the next day after back to back, and I heard they was running suicides in practice and like. Right. They had like a three and a half hour practice. Uh, nah, not in the, during the season. Three and a they, half he, hours. They made him, he made him do push-ups too. I could see in between playoff, regular season playoffs or training camp, but th- two and a, three hours in practice, no way. I've always been fascinated by this because like the Celtics had this stretch where they didn't have a game for like four days and they were like, this is great. We get to practice. Like how much do you actually practice during the season? It's hard when you're traveling and you're playing games. Yeah. It's hard to get a good practice in. Like we probably get one good one. And what constitutes a good practice? Just when you go over everything and you it just you get a nice sweat and you like, just, is it, are you scrimmaging or no, is it just you're uh, just working on? Sometimes you do. We uh, we got an older group, so we don't scrimmage as much. Um, but I like when I was in OKC, we scrim We were good when we were uh, we went to the finals and we were we scrimmaged, but it might be like half court control scrimmage where we go in uh, situations and we just might practice against a zone here or yeah. or against a cert, a set defense here. Um, but it wasn't a full up and down, but we got a good sweat. But here with the Warriors, like when we get it, when we scrimmage, we just trying to we just trying to blow it out and get some get our sweat in, and um, but also work on our stuff um, in a scrimmage setting. But when we get a ten, we really go like thirty minutes. Does he stack it so the starters are on one side and you're playing the? Yeah, bench? usually the starters stay together because you want to build that continuity in practice. 
and um, starters. And training camp, you mix it up, but during the season, if you want to scrimmage. What it, side is Swedish Larry Bird on? He's on the other side, usually. <laughs> What's it like to play with the Swedish Larry Bird? You no, know, he's the best. I told you you'd like him. When, when you signed him, I was like, you're going to like this guy. Yeah. He's, he's, uh, he's one of those dudes, like, he, you could tell he played in good systems his whole career. Well, not, with the last few years with yeah. Boston and, um, and Utah. And Utah. He's screaming out coverage as soon as you cross half court on defense. Like, if he's behind you, he's screaming out of coverage. Like, he 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 talking you through everything. He just he, – he know how to play basketball on that level where he got, he got coached. So, I like being around him. Have you seen – he's feisty, too. He yeah, gets he in, is. like, fights and, yeah, like, little is. almost fights. He is. He rubs people the wrong way, which I always enjoyed about him. Nah, we liked is. him in Boston. I, like I don't know how the Swedish Larry Bird thing started, but I, I used to Larry love it. Bird. He got, that like, little, he got that little, set, like, the little uh, slingshot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I wanted to talk about legacies and stuff because I was texting you about this that I thought this would be a good topic about, you know, you're in a position now where you're one of the five best forwards of all time. You have one MVP, you have two <clears throat> finals MVPs, you're over 20,000 points, and now you're in this group with like Duncan and Bird and um, LeBron, Dirk, basically. And Carl Malone? No, he's, I think he's a, a notch above the Malone, Barkley, Dr. J group would be my, my assessment as, as the author of the book of basketball. Dr. But J, do you not, I haven't heard anyone mention that in a while, but I love that. Dr. Dr. J, J is ridiculous. Yeah. No, I love it. I'm saying, you, yeah. come on, don't act like Dr. J's in all these conversations. He should be. Yeah, the thing is, Dr. J keeps a low profile. and that's Dr. J mentioned in any of these? He should be. He's a legend. I agree. But just admit, Bill, this is the first time Dr. J's been mentioned in a while. When you hear like Stephen A. You're not a. in the conversations in my house. No, I'm not. <laughs> you mention him all the time in the Simmons you house. You your wife and your kids. Dr. Too. J was a legend. What are you talking about? He is. Without question. And I love Dr. J. I would say Malone is the one that has fallen out of kind of the, kind of the public eye. Because like Barkley's on TV. So he's kind of, you know, oh, like same thing with C-Web and Reggie Miller. Yeah, I think when you that? stay on TV, you, you're in the public conscience more, you know? Oh, so Mark Jackson is my That's man. Don't shit on him. Then he's top five too. So, what are you talking about? <laughs> uh, back to the legacy thing, though. Do you, you care about this shit? Do you think about it? Like you, like you have a chance now to finish your career only with only one MVP. Do you think about like shit? I gotta get two, or is it like fuck it? I'm just balling. I don't care. Yeah, I don't think about any so of this like, shit. Fuck it. Like if it happens, it's cool. Uh, it's just experiencing it one time was was really cool. So, but you went into that that MVP season. You're like, I have this in me. I'm going to do this. No, I didn't. Really? I didn't. No, it's just, the situation just played out perfectly because I went into it like any other season. I'm going to go out there and try to get the best shot that I can every time down. If I get it a lot this night, I'm going to try to score as much as I can or make a play as much as I can. That's just my only, only mindset, and it just happened to equal up to averaging 32 that year. And Russ went year. out, so I had to do more with the ball in my hands. And I went up, I went and had a great month scoring the ball, and that's what kind of took me over the top. But I wasn't planning on any of that. Larry Bird quit drinking beer. To that's what that's what got him going. Yeah, really. They to traded Rick. They traded Rick Roby, who's his drinking buddy. 
And uh, and once they traded him, Larry Bird went through straight up. So you think Larry Bird didn't have a beard that whole season? He's, no, he probably did, but he talks <laughs> about like the best thing that happened to his career at that point. He probably was went from like twelve beers Rick, Rick a day Roby? to probably like four beers a day. Yeah, maybe he quit drinking during the playoffs. <laughs> <laughs> probably it. There's always been rumors he might have had a Marlboro Red or two during the summers too, which <laughs> really? is a different era though. So you don't care about this whole legacy all time. You, you don't think to, about any of that stuff. I used to, but it's just like it's coming from so many different angles. Everybody has their favorite players, their all time list. I'm not gonna lie, it is cool to be in that same category with the greats where people just know that what you've done on the basketball court is is as good right. as, you know, some of the greatest players that they seen play. That is definitely cool for amongst basketball fans, but like banking on that as just a part of who I am is just like it don't really concern me. Um, but it's cool to be talked about about for my skills. Like hell yeah, I crafted this shit for a long time, and right. for somebody to appreciate it, damn right, I would like to hear that. I mean, what I about like from the other greats? Is there like some exclusive club? Yes, you yeah. hit to where you notice like the greatest players are looking at you a little differently. Yeah, man. Like you I see s- Bill Russell at that Clipper game. Man, it's all of it, man. From like. Kevin Willis, when I seen him in Atlanta, just the love that you and embrace you get from these dudes, just because they know that like you're one of them, and on top of that, you're on an elite level. Yeah, you know, it's just love. You know what I'm saying? And Dominique Wilkins, you see, I see him at the on uh, on the floor at the Atlanta games. It's just like that's an OG in the game showing love to a young dude that's still playing. Like it's just real culture shit that I really enjoy when you see these players that like played the game at a certain level or just played in the league and just had a nice career as role players. It's just like love because we know how hard this journey is as an NBA player. Do you feel like one time we did one of these pods and you took it personally that like Barkley was complaining about something and you were talking about why don't the old guys, why do they have to do that? Like we we love those guys. We respect them so much and yet they have to do this back in my day bullshit. I just, uh, I just feel like, I just feel like that's a part of the job. I mean, for what, some, what most of these guys do, especially if they on they in the media or they on TV, like that's just a part of the job is to really analyze the game from their perspective. And before, it definitely did get to me when not get to me, but like made me ask, like, why are you saying this, Charles Barkley or right or whoever is talking? But Charles is usually the one that people's talk about as an NBA player that talks about the younger generation but it's just like I was asking myself like damn Charles like are you a ball player still or are you a part of the media but now I'm just like that's just a job you know, I like when the fo- when the ex-players still they talk about themselves in the present tense just out of habit like Kenny, Kenny and Charles and Kenny would be like, see, the thing Charles loves to do is he'll back the defender down. I'm like, Charles hasn't played in 20 years. Yes, what are you talking God, about? Charles is getting washed up right now. <laughs> Man, not trying to throw a jersey on. Imagine Charles putting on a jersey on, no T-shirt underneath. He look trash right now. <laughs> no, get out of here. But he well, was Char- nice. Charles is, is, nice. is, has now been reincarnated as Zion. Zion is Charles 2.0. <laughs> That's what I said. Zion's my I guy. He reminds me of Charles He's Charles. Barkley a lot. Charles Barkley. He's was taller Charles. Double, he was double doubling them people's easy. Yeah, but Charles. You know how hard it is to get a uh, 20 Kate, and 10 in the league? Katie's jealous of Zion. Old. I can see it. I'm jealous. You're jealous of Zion? No, I'm, Zion I just coming? don't like when you compare dudes in college to somebody like Barkley. Like, ex- I'm saying the DNA to, is there. Expecting him to be up there with guys like that. Like, 
I think he has the potential. Maybe, but right now, like, don't talk about it right now because you like Charles Barkley did a lot. This is what I do. I'm a member of the media. Compare young players to someone else, then what are we gonna do? I'm just saying, like, how we we love comparing players to players. I'm not saying don't. I look at dumb when it does not matter. No, but like. I'd rather you not. Oh my! <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But who gives a fuck what I think? I just I'd rather you not. No, I. Well, hey, it gets dangerous way, we when care. it's. But what? it gets dangerous. I'm not gonna do that. When it's like Trey Young is the next Steph Curry, it's like settle down. Exactly. That well, that's. But then that's just. I think no, Zion can actually that back is up. Crazy to say that, but in what I'm saying is, it's just as crazy to say Zion's the next Charles Barkley. Yes. Just, but what I'm saying is you. You have to use somebody to compare him. So you're going to do like an interim step? I think he has Charles Barkley 2.0 no, potential. No, you would say that his ceiling may look like Charles Barkley's. Yes. Yeah. Trey Young's ceiling may look like Yeah, I like Ch- it. No, Steph no. Curry. Trey Young's ceiling does not look like we, Steph Curry. We don't speak that way anymore. It's either he is this or he is that. Yeah, I don't get that. No, I don't believe his ceiling would they, be Steph Curry either. What I'm saying is it's like... You understand, wording, you understand why players need to be compared, like in a conversation. I, I know I'm as guilty as anyone. I think. Yeah, this is why we started because you said it first. I know, but I think Zion really is special, though. I felt the I, same I way about Luca last year. I believe he's special, but I just, I just, you always I say just, that about the best players. Though. Who? No, Zion's different. Zion. Why you say that? I agree with you. He is competitive as all hell. He, he really gives a shit. He plays hard every play. He's a phenomenal athlete. I think he plays the right way. Like, he makes the right pass, and I, I like everything about yeah, that, dude. All right, just, all right. So, okay, sorry. My bad, Joe. Of course he's going to make the right pass on this team. Better make the right pass. You got... R.J. Barrett doesn't know he's making the right pass. No, I'm just saying. He got... He, <laughs> Jay knows. I'm just saying. RJ, I'm not RJ's looking at that. Basket. He's looking at the rim. I know. I'm not looking at that to say that this is what Zion's going to be. I'm looking yeah. at, like... But he could make. He's, he could not he's make once the right in play. a generation. Yeah, that's what he cannot make the right. He cannot make the right play. But I'm not just looking at that. You know what I'm saying? Like he's a once in a generation athlete. I've never seen somebody like that before. Hey, can I say something real quick? Just yeah, quick. let's hear it, Jay Williams. How much has it changed over the past like five years? And this is how many times do we say once in a generation type athlete? I mean, how. You, KD, true. you're a once-in-generation type athlete. LeBron's once-in... I mean, we're starting to have a lot of these once-in-generation type athletes oh, coming through. But that's the wrong pass. people saying that, though. Excuse me? No, I, that's right. You're right, Jay. Yeah, that is true. Think, I think about... I think there's three... Co- I, there's, think, I think once you call it once-in-a-generation, it's like when you put it all together, though, like LeBron, he's once-in-a-generation athlete, but he happened to put it all together, like, to, to combine, like, his skill with his athleticism. That's hard as shit to do. To be that athlete and be that graceful on the court and be able to have some skill with it yeah. and be able to be smart. Like, that's hard to put it all together. And it's like so many athletes that struggled to do that. And I think that's what I mean, like, once in a generation as a ball player, because you got to put all of that together that's with fair. your athleticism for you to be that. And that's hard as shit to do. And there's a lot of guys that jumped high and ran fast that didn't do that. I think there's three college players. That's what you, I mean, you were, generation. But you, it is a lot of great athletes out there. You were one, Anthony Davis and Zion, where I was like, there's no way that guy's not going to be good in the NBA. It was just, it was like they stood out. You said wrote it at the time. Davis? Davis was like, you watch Davis at Kentucky. It's like, that guy's going to be an unbelievable NBA player. He's Tim Duncan with Kevin McHale's arms. That's how I felt. Yeah, that's how I felt. It was like, there was no way he wasn't going to make it. But did you feel that way? From minute one, or you felt that way by the end of his freshman year? 
I don't know the first time I don't remember the first time I watched him. It was like, wow, that guy is made for the NBA. You could just kind of see it. And, you know, that's those guys don't come around that often. I remember watching LeBron in high school and one of those stupid ESPN when they're showing LeBron's high school games. And it was just like, wow, this guy's looks like he's 28 already. It, did, it almost didn't seem like it seemed like they were lying about his age. So I do think maybe once in a generation is in the wrong way, but yeah. it's like once in a presidential term. Yeah, maybe it would be yeah, a better yeah. way to say it. It's like well, once every four or five years. No, nah, I mean I, I've never seen what somebody. What I mean, mm. <laughs> athleticism is great. Athleticism comes in different forms, in my opinion. Like we really haven't seen somebody six eight two sixty that can run as fast as LeBron with the ball in his hands as well and jump high shit off of one leg. Like two sixty, he's like two eighty. That's what I'm saying. We never seen somebody do it that way. Zion yeah. Williamson, I never seen somebody that's lefty that can dunk with his right hand like that and cock the ball back so far and jump so high off two feet. But I've seen people jump high, but not that way. You know what I'm saying? That's what I mean. The other thing with him Different. is that that full speed spin move he has going either way. Who and he, um, Zion, but is in control on the spin somehow. But yeah, he's, he's in control. He's spinning of his body. like violently. He's it's like tank, he's man. he's a tank. Yo, and nobody's taking crazy. a charge from him as the joke's been made. I haven't spent I haven't spent a lot of time with him, but we got a chance to do stuff during the McDonald's All American game. And what I loved about him is that he just went hard right from the beginning. Like there wasn't yeah. any like let me ease into the game, fill it out. You know, when you're in high school, it was direct to the point. Like he, he plays that way. That's the number he one thing. He knows he's a beast. Yeah. I've been wrong on dudes, but the number one thing if 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 it's somebody who's talented who's playing their ass off. Yeah. I always think that's that you got to look for that first. Give them the benefit of the doubt on a lot of stuff. Cause I, I always, I never gave up on justice Winslow because I always right thought he, he plays hard. Him, yo. He you watch him, but you watch time. him lately and he's like, he find he's finally starting to put it together, but he always played hard. He just like, he couldn't stay healthy. He, he was missing threes and you know, yeah, a lot just of like players he over there together. too, man. Yeah. They got a lot of wings over there. A lot of two guards. Right. A lot of twos and threes. Yeah, a lot of twos and threes over there. So it's like a log jam for That's him. That's why another guy that I can't give up on Kid Gilchrist yet, even though he's been in the league like seven years. Like, I still feel like I think on the a, right team, he's going to. On the right team, I still feel like he's going to have a moment. He is who he, he is that yeah, where he I'm is saying, right like, now. Like, I think a lot of people still look at him as young. Like, he's that right, player. He's, like, he's going to rebound hard, play great D, be a slasher. Like, that's him. And he's had bad luck with injuries. He had that shoulder thing, right? Yeah, I think he's going to end up on the right team at some point. Yeah, but I think, like you said, like you're not going to get a different Michael. Yeah, I think no, but you could get. But I think Winslow's got a lot. Justice Winslow's got more to reveal about his game still, right? Don't you think? He's making threes. It seems like he grew too. I swear to God, he seems like he's like. I love him. Six eight now. What we always do this when every time we do the podcast, the young guy that's impressed you. I think two years ago you told us Devin Booker. Mm-hmm. I forget who it was last year. Who was it this year? Have you have you seen a rookie or a young guy that blew yeah. your, blew your doors off? Oh uh, yeah, Shy Gilgis. We played against them early in the year, and man, he got the mid range down. His mid range is so good, and he shoot he shoot it with the high release, so it's hard to block at six six when point guards guarding him. Yeah, so you got to put a two guard on him, and he's still shooting over two guards. Right. So I'm like, man, that size and at that age, he's just going. And once you learn how to shoot the mid range, I feel like the three ball is going to be easier for the shoot for you to shoot because it's hard to aim at the mid ranges like that. He's knocking them down consistently. So I like his. I like that he's tall too for that position. So 
Um, he's probably the young the guy that I'm like stood out the most because I never watched him in college. I was shocked because the guys at the ringer really liked him <clears throat> as a possible prospect. And I, it didn't seem like he could shoot. I, I didn't see yeah, him in college. I, didn't hear, I, I, just didn't I heard see he it. couldn't shoot in college. I heard he wasn't. I heard he was more like Brondo because I hear that a right. lot about point guards that's long that can't shoot. Yeah, every one of them is like Rondo, and I'm like, <clears throat> Rondo's different. He's like, he. I don't yeah, see Rondo anybody being like, like that. Like Rondo was one of a kind. So I never really take that comparison serious. But he 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 got length on him at the point guard position. His arms are long. And he can shoot it. I like the way he, I like the way he carries himself too. Yeah, he yeah he, he carries himself like he's confidence. like an eight, like eight-year veteran. He got some. He got confidence on him. Yeah, I'm with you. I was, I think the first time I saw him was actually the time you played him in L.A. Yeah, man. And I was shocked that Doc was playing him in big moments because, like, when Doc coached the Celtics, he wouldn't. He famously like really wouldn't play Rondo enough as a rookie. It was really frustrating. And it was always like Doc, you know, took him a while to earn the young guys to earn his trust. Rondo and now Shea, he's throwing him out there. Oh, thank you. Rondo was a late round pick. This dude was. was a lottery pick, so you had to play him. He's good. I'm, I'm, sh- the Clippers and the Kings are the two shocking ones to me this year. I did not see the Clippers. Just seem like I don't know. I saw him like middle of the road, but man, Clippers got a nice team. And then the Grizzlies just staying healthy, I guess. You know, I mean, if you, you told got, me they were going to stay out there, I would have People don't that. talk about Jaron Jackson. Like him. Man. Mike Conley and Marcus Saw, though, man. They, for them to be doing it like this for this long, come on. What do you think of Jaron Jackson? I like him. I, I just like that they sticking to that plan down there as the bigs, having two bigs like that. Yeah. They still play the high low with um, Jaron Jackson, but he's able to shoot the three. So, right. like, you got to stretch the floor out a little bit longer. So, it's like, uh, man, they, once, he, once he gets better and get more experience, they're going to be tough. If you keep working the way he is, then he gonna be tough. But I like it's just it's just Conley and Gasol, they're just solid players to build around. I kind of given up on them. Question for the two of you. Any way Mike Conley could make the Hall of Fame never making an all-star game? Conceivable, yeah. You gotta have accolades though, right? You feel? And to Well, he's been in some conference finals. I feel like he played his way into that. You know what I'm saying? For as long as he played, he's been at it for a long time doing the same things, like 18 and 8, like playing at this level. I mean... The thing is, it was tough because he was in a conference with a lot of guards. So it's like, you know, they pick four guards for the All-Star team and you're the fifth best guard, but it's a loaded conference. Yeah, and this year's as hard as ever, right? He's got to make it this year, though. I think he... I'm going to make a personal crusade. Let's do it. Let's go He should make it. He should make it. I, the problem is you have two all-stars. Curry and Clay should both be on the all-star team. Well, There's two the spots. Well, two that get voted in. Let's just say it's two. It'll be Steph and one of probably James or Russell. It'll probably, yeah. But you take two. somebody off Memphis, but you can't take two. So it's got to be either Gasol or Mike Conley. I'll it's do. tough. I'd vote for Because I remember a few teams back in the day who were like four, fifth seed. They got two great players, but like you got to just pick one. Right. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. The All-NBA is like this, too. I love the All-NBA. Oh, you, you, and you Ewing, love doing this, man. But Ewing, Ewing got screwed because in the 90s, <clears throat> it's like Hakeem and Robinson and Shaq. And you look at he Ewing's career and you're like, you know. time, 1992. Yeah, you don't realize that, you know, if he comes along eight years later. That's how Conley is. I mean, there are years Joakim Noah made like second team All-NBA and yeah. Gasol made it. DJ, DeAndre. DeAndre yeah, DeAndre team. made it. It kind of depends on. 
See, well, I feel like Mike Conley fell in that era. He came into the era where scoring point guards were, he's more of a traditional, like, setup guard. Yeah. The kind so, I like. Yeah. So he would have New York so point guard. He'd have been great yeah. in, like, early 2000s with, like, the J Kids and the, yeah. and the um, Tony Parkers and, like, the Steve Nashes. They'd have been battling for those spots. But you there's know a lot of scoring point guards in the league. Mookie Blaylock. <laughs> Mookie was. You know, it was a fun wrinkle for the early part of the Warriors season was when uh, Draymond and Curry were out, and we had to get more of Clay. Clay had to get more shots, and mm. just kind of, I kind of always wanted to see it, like him being like the night. Here you are, you're the number two scoring option now for like three weeks. He held it down. Yeah, he was good. <laughs> he held it but down. like, it's funny because if you look at his stats, like his three point shooting's down a little bit. But it's down because he's not. He has to take much harder shots because it's just you and him, basically. You know. I mean, with Clay, you just gotta know. As long as you just get the points on the board, <laughs> you know what I'm saying. You want him to get the points on the board. Obviously, like him taking more shots, that mean he gonna have to take a little bit. He gonna have to take some tougher ones for us. And he was knocking them down. And I think that that opened it opened up our game a little bit now because he's knocking down mid range jays. He's off the dribble a yeah. little bit more. Because he had that time where he was the second guy. He seems a little feistier this year. Oh, yeah. He always been feisty. I think he's like drinking more coffee or something. Yeah, he yeah he energetic this <laughs> more year. More chocolate? <laughs> yeah. Chocolate, uh, wine. Get it does little. seem like he's kind of blossoming as a personality. Because you guys would always talk about how funny he was. But then the public persona of Clay was just kind of blank slate. But now it's starting to come out. It's just that China clay, that China move, that just that's just in everybody's heads. That whole China clay thing. I think that's the, that was a real thing for him. And it opened up people to his personality. Cause he is really just like goofy. Him getting hung on a 360, that just really happened. Like that, yeah. that like that's, <laughs> that's the stuff he does on a day-to-day basis. Like he'll like just trip over something. And it just create a moment just being clay. So like more and more people see the real side. Over the years, they appreciate him, and they just know he has no conscience on the court. Like he's not—he's shooting the ball. Don't. So this is what year three with you and these guys? Yeah. Like why? Why wouldn't this just go? Like why wouldn't you just keep doing this? I I don't even like I have to. The internet has turned this into Katie might go here, he might go there. It's like I look at it, I'm like, you have a chance to be on, like one of the three greatest teams of all time, basically. You know, like you could be the Russell Celtics for this decade. Why wouldn't you do that? I don't know. Why is anything I mean, else considered? I'm really just trying to enjoy every day of it. And like people like you continue yeah, to ask me, like, what why won't you just. Kid. What a buzz yeah, like, conversation. Yeah, like. First of all, I looking at the First of all, I resent the people like you. And you're like, why would you even think about leaving? I'm like, damn, this Why'd moment no, I didn't is say cool leaving. right now. Didn't say leaving. Oh, didn't say leaving. That's what you were getting at, bro. Didn't say leaving. That's what you were getting at. No, I just wanted to make sure. So regular, Why would you leave bro? this? I'm like, I'm enjoying this right now. Why would you just invade my yeah, space? I just brought you a water, man. Yeah, bro. It was kind nice of a heat check. on the table. Where are there? <laughs> no, back to my question. Man, like, you realize up. now this could be like <laughs> Russell's. Yo, give it a break. No, I'm, go- I'm going Yo, to this one part. shut this shit off, man. I'm going to this one part. Go ahead. Like, this, is, this really has a chance to be an all-time run now. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, so I'm, I'll be mad at you if that doesn't keep going. That's all I'm saying. This is this is like once in twenty I'm mad years. At you that this is the last podcast. Oh, stop it! <laughs> I'm just kidding. With you. 
Because now it's like if you win this year, now you're talking MJ's Bulls, Russell Celtics. That goes back to legacy. What I tell you about legacy. This is it though. This, you're talking every 25 years. I know, but I'm just like, like I said, I am just enjoying like, you I know this is on the horizon. Like if we handle our business, but like what I've enjoyed the last two years is just doing stuff like this. Like the everyday of living in the Bay and playing for the Warriors. Like that's what I'm enjoying is just being an everyday warrior. You know what I'm saying? So I'm not even trying to even go there. A lot of talk about it though, Rich. It's a lot of talk. But I had to bring it up. Don't get, don't stink eye me. I'm not sick. I don't give a shit either, really. Yeah, it doesn't just, really matter. Like, I at the end of the day, it was do we like really give a, a bad, Like, I was watching you and waiting and, like, waiting to see how you were going to do it. <laughs> Wait, it wasn't like what I was going to do it. I'm just saying, I thought it was. I, I care it was about basketball. Poorly. I'm sorry. I you brought it. I love I, basketball. I'm sorry. You brought it in the conversation poorly. Like, no, you, I didn't. Yes. For the <laughs> no, fifth, you'll hear this tomorrow and you'll be like, it actually was. Yeah, because very nice. I'm saying for our fifth podcast, really six. Because six, though, but I did one alone because Kevin didn't want to do with you. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, I'm saying for our six podcast, like it could have been a little bit more of a dance. Like you should have said, like let's talk about free agency now. You cool with that, Kevin? Oh no, I really want to do it, Bill. Come on, Kevin. You know I got to bring it up. Oh, I didn't. Oh. I didn't. He was like, you really could join one of the greatest teams ever. Why? No. First of all, that? I didn't want to ask about free agency. Then I was asking it. about appreciating what you know what what's this the plan opportunity for, what's the plan for the ringer, man. I noticed you've done less video <laughs> shit. I'm just saying. I feel like you've done less video. You locked in on podcasts, which is smart. no. We're doing more video actually. Well, you should just lock in on podcasts. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. But you guys got something. Stick to your sweet spot. Be the biggest podcast network. Flip it. Make some real. Well, we have more than podcasts, Rich Kleiman. We have a lot of stuff. I know. I'm, Bill, I'm kidding, man. I saw your documentary. Did you do the surf one, too? We did the surf one. That is sick story. Monumental Sports. That was a really good one. There's some good stuff coming next year, too. You're killing it. You are killing it. I'm, we're so, I'm happy for you, man. You know that. For real. I'm kidding, though. No, are you kidding about no, being happy? I'm for happy you for you, for real. I'm kidding about fucking with you about not being happy. For okay. You. I still I resent that you didn't like how I I entered that question. I, I feel like was, I'm good at questions. It was average. It was like average. Well, listen, not a lot of teams have won three in a row. I think no, it's a fair topic true. to bring they, up. You know what the problem is? They haven't won three in a row yet. Yeah. I'm saying well, we those are the stakes. You have a chance year. to it's do cool. it. I get. I get, yeah. It's cool because them teams is really good in to be in that conversation. We're going to take one more break to talk about our friends from Microsoft Surface. Need a device that helps you get stuff done, but is also perfect when you want to catch up on some fun, like streaming live sports or checking on your fantasy team. Or in me and Kyle's uh, case, checking on our fantasy team that's in the semifinals and kicking everyone's butt at the ringer. I can't wait. You know, if we win the whole thing, I'm taking all the prize money, and you and I are getting dressed up, and we're going to go on a, on a night on the town and then send videos to all the people in the league as we eat steak. Yeah. Uh, hey, check out the latest member of the Microsoft Surface family, the new Surface Pro 6. Just take the keyboard off, use it like a tablet or snap it back on and use it like a laptop. It's that easy with up to 13 and a half hours of battery life and the new 8th gen Intel Core processor. It's everything you love about the Surface Pro. Now, even more powerful, it is, again, the latest member of the Microsoft Surface family, the new Surface Pro 6. And since we're here, speaking of football, 
Oh, yeah. You're probably out of your fantasy league at this point. Only like the real greats like myself. I'm, I'm alive in the semifinals of both leagues. Most people, the common people, you know, they just have daily fantasy at this point. But that's a good thing. What about FanDuel? They want you to know there's no shame in walking away from your losing season in fantasy and coming right and playing some daily fantasy. I won on FanDuel two weeks ago. Last week, I got both of my butt cheeks kicked. Not just one, but both. But this week, I'm... I'm I'm rallying back. I'm going to have a great fantasy week. I'm winning in everything this week in fantasy. Over at FanDuel, you get the excitement of researching and building your team each week regardless of the outcome. Trust me, I've tried other DFS sites before. If you're not a fantasy expert, FanDuel clearly the place to play when you're ready for a fresh start. And you probably are because you're not like me. You're, you're not in the playoffs anymore. Come over to FanDuel. Get a $5 bonus when you make first deposit. Pick a new fantasy team every week. All the fresh starts you need to get back to winning. Come play with me. FanDuel.com slash BS. New users only. Bonus not available for withdrawal. State and age restrictions apply for full eligibility rules and terms and conditions. Go to FanDuel.com. How has Steve Kerr changed as a coach over the three years you've been with him? Has anything changed? Does he deal with you differently? He, he's, 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 a lot more, he's more patient over the last few years. He's been more patient, especially with just the uh, – just the wear and tear of playing through playoffs for this long, um, four years in a row as for as a going to the finals, we went. I went two years. Fifteen. In a row, this but two this years could, before me and yeah, fifteen, so, sixteen, seventeen, eighteen. Yeah, so four years in a row. So he's a little bit more patient when it when it comes to like recovery and practice and. It seems like the whole league days. is now into this. Yeah, yeah, you can say. I that. like how Toronto's handled Kawhi. They're basically like, back-to-back, you're not playing tonight. You know, if anything, I thought Philly played Embiid too many games. I would have been more careful with him, considering he, he hasn't had a He missed a lot of time, and he was on that back-to-back schedule last year, right? This year, he played basically, I mean, he was playing like 37, 38 minutes a game. Yeah, he was playing a lot. That was too much. You yeah. seem like, do you do you get tired? I don't. I don't remember seeing you hitting this stretch where you were – like worn down from a season. It seems like you just go. Yeah, I mean, you get, yeah, you get, I wouldn't say just like flat out tired. You get just bumps and bruises, man. Just from, yeah. Just from just playing for so many games and the contact of the game, but just like gas to start a game or just like, nah, I don't feel like that. I feel like if you just try to play through injuries, that's probably when. Well, they fix the schedule for you. Yeah, it's no, it's, it's I think the schedule is a lot easier now. Man, we got a lot of our uh, schedule out, out the way early. Yeah. We had a lot of three and four nights. I like getting it out the way early so you can have, like, we got whole December at home, basically, and January we're on the road a few times. But we got a couple East Coast trips. Like, that stuff helps getting it out the way early. Yeah. That five-game road trip, you had no – what was it, two – Days off between each game. No, we just we just stayed over in the city. No, but you had you only you had. Well, we only day. had a day off in between each game. Oh, got it, got it. Wait, but, before Jay goes, I want to talk Duke really quick. Can we do quick Duke? Hell yeah! Great. Here, slide in here. Let me get out of here. Um, what do you want to know, Bill? Talk to me. Zion, R.J. Barrett, Cam Reddish, Tyus Jones' brother. The Does random white guy whose name I can't Trey remember. Jones. Yeah, Trey Jones. Trey Jones. Random you. white guy. What's that guy's name? 
Jack White. His name is Jack White, yeah. Jack White. Who's beating this team? Well, they've already gotten beaten. No, but I mean when it gets when they get used to each other, when it's in like month four. I think they're by far the most talented team, by far, when they all play at a high level. But, you know, that's the thing about the tournament, though. You know how it is, Bill. It just takes one off night. Would you watch the Gonzaga game? Yeah, I watched the whole thing. It's funny. Like, they had more talent, but Gonzaga's playing better, better together. Team. Well, you have older players. And you could see Duke like, oh, shit, we're in a situation now. And then everybody starts going for their own stuff and that's been the a, craters and that's what happens in the tournament that's been a story for a lot of those young talented teams right yeah in the tournament well the thing is though you got like you got one dude in trey who's kind of like he's cool letting everybody else get the attention like he's cool with his personality is gonna rise to the occasion regardless right because mm-hmm. of his ability to get people involved then zion like he should always get the ball because he can attack rj is going to do his thing he's one of the most versatile players he's naturally going to do his thing he's going to get a lot of shots and then you got Cam. And Cam is like the fourth one who is still one of the top players in the nation, but he's not getting the same shots and he's not yeah. kind of the same recognized build. He's in that Jalen Brown role for them where he's yeah. on another team. Yeah. He would be getting so not much getting more shots. The Devin all, Booker yeah. role yeah. In, uh, at Kentucky. Yeah, exactly. And I don't care what anybody says, man. Like everybody brings the ego to the table. Like that, that ego gets affected. And I'm not saying it could. I mean, look, they can win it easily, but it's also easy for a team like that with so much talent to fracture, too. You know what I mean? You know how it is. Yeah, yeah. Like, it takes one I felt it in that Gonzaga loss because Reddish was going for his own stuff in the last five minutes. And, you know, that when you get to March, when that happens, that's the thing. It's like, I don't think they shoot threes enough either mm. for where uh, to win six times in March, basically. But I I, it just would have been so much more fun if Zion went to South Carolina. And he just was like his own team. And it was like, that's the Zion team. You got to go through Frank them. Martin. And, and then it was Reddish. Yeah. And is that why he didn't want to go, Frank Martin? I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't know. I mean, Frank Martin's a great coach. He's intense and I love it. He's like that old school coach. But I would say intense is an understatement. <laughs> <laughs> he could bring the flame out. Um, <laughs> I think they've been great anywhere, all, all three of those dudes. Yeah. I think they play well together. I'm not giving up on them. I think Zion might get like the biggest shoe contract that we've seen for a long time. Think so? I mean, I'm just saying how athletic he is. Like, and yeah. you said it before, it's not just him being athletic. It's like he's gracefully yeah, athletic. Yeah, he is. The he crazy is. thing, how how different it is from like when KD was, what was your senior in high school? 06? 06, yeah. So I remember looking at the list. The Celtics had a good pick that year, or I knew they were going to have a good pick the next year. I was like, oh, I wonder who's on the list. And I'd heard some Greg Oden. And it's like, oh, there's a 6'10 kid in D.C. He's good. But it was it was hard to actually see you or know about you, you know? Yeah. Zion's in high school, and he's on the House of Highlights feed, you know, every two days with As some crazy dunk. a sophomore in high school. Yeah. By the time he got to Duke, I felt like I had a history with him. Yeah. And then you watch him, and he lives up to it. And by the time he gets to the pros, I feel like people, he's it's almost like LeBron in 2003. He's like been in people's lives. Plus, he's incredibly fun to watch. Yeah, I mean, if he goes to, like, New York or Chicago, we'll know if the NBA was ever going to rig a lottery, it'd be this one. <laughs> <laughs> They're ever going to do it. You this mean he's not going to go to Phoenix? This is the year. That first dunk contest with him in it is going to be Stupid. ridiculous. That's going to be – how do they figure out the hierarchy of where the best players sit for the dunk contest? <laughs> Every NBA player just gets to sit on, sit on the floor. First come, first serve. It's first come, first serve. It's not. Oh, 
they don't give you the tickets? I think it's for, I mean, when you're a player, I just see all the players, as soon as they walk in, they just find a seat. That first Zion dunk contest is going to be something. Sick. Be legit. Have you, have you reached out to him? No. No. You did do the Duke shoe, though. Yeah, he, he did? No, you did. He, oh, I thought you said he played him. Oh, yeah. I, yeah, I did it. Shoes um, are tough. Duke shoe, three of them. <laughs> um, but I never really been in contact with him. I don't usually get to see these dudes until they get to the league anyway. But, Grand Hill, I ran into Grand Hill in September, and I was asking him, and he was like, he's like the guy Zion. He's for real. He was like, I went to a practice, and, it was, and he's like, he's like, he's like 280, and he's just ripping through dudes, and he was just like having a heart attack about him. So that's one that, that he was officially on my radar from that point Did on. Did you watch Earn Everything? Which one? Earn Everything is like their thing uh, that Duke put out on ESPN Plus. No. You got to watch it, man. So they go and they do the vert test, right? And he clears the vert machine. What? He, he clears the vert machine. So Will Stevens, the athletic trainer, goes back into the locker room and gets two of those 45-pound weights, puts them on top of that, stacks those two, and then puts the vert machine on top of that. He clears that. That's sick. It's, I've, never, I've never seen anything like it. The thing is, like, he's not fat. You know, it looks like he's... Like chubby or doughy, but he's not. It actually seems like it's all muscle. He's just built like a tree trunk. He can get big if he let himself go. Yeah. Like you, right. you see him, it's like uh, he, he can get big if he just chill. The other thing that shocked me about him was defensively how advanced good. he is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He like he, he has a chance to, you know, you could potentially play him as the, as the five, kind of how Golden State does with Draymond, you know? It's almost like that next elite, uh, like LeBron James, kind of like chase you down blocker. Yes. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. The chase down. Like he, can, he can get it at the top. <laughs> hey, LeBron's going to give up that title at some point. Has to. Yeah. It's different, man. LeBron jumped off one foot. Zion jumped off two feet. LeBron, he was grabbing way more blocks off one foot. Zion, he's protecting the rim if in the half court, I think. That's how athletic he is. Yeah. He's going to get you. A, he he more so like he'll be a great team defender. Has there any other any other college players you've seen that you like? I like to hear from Murray State, um, Morant, mm-hmm. John Morant. I haven't seen him. He's pretty good. He can go. Supposed to be top. I like the kid. Admiral. Admiral Schofield. Yeah, Admiral Schofield. he just dropped 20, 30 points on the number one team in the country. I just feel like sometimes when somebody has a great name, it goes a long way with how they're going to do in the pros. And he's good, and I love his name. I, I just feel like somebody named Admiral, Admiral is going to be a good NBA player. Bo Bo is good. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He's, what is he, 7'3"? Yeah, he looks good out there. Mm-hmm. God, <laughs> he's moving well. good mid-range, too. Yeah, yeah can, man. He's shooting the ball and he's swishing. Like, he looked good out there. Tell yes. me about the show that you guys did. The boardroom. Oh, so, well, we got with ESPN, and we wanted Jay, actually, because he knows everything about sports and business he's the greatest for this role but we just wanted to tell the story of what it's like having a brand in sports what it's like on the business side of sports and from our perspective we got guests from LeBron to Kyle Kuzma to Steve Ballmer and Jack Dorsey you know so we're just talking about from social media side of it um, building a brand on that side from ownership to sneakers just everything about the business of basketball really and 
Jay is the head. We just having a conversation. And it's just like whoever comes into the boardroom, it's like no hierarchy. Whoever's who has information, we're just sharing it. Do you think this is now the generation of these guys come into the league and they're immediately thinking of themselves as content companies? I think people are thinking about business more business, so than business businessmen in and content companies yeah, basically. I think it's a. Uh, it's really elevating to see like what LeBron and we had a conversation about it, what LeBron and Katie are doing. Right. And they're both very different in their approach, but like, you know, how do you build out different verticals of your business? And I think that's what you're seeing them do. And it's really cool to see them do it in different facets. Mm -hmm. If it's, you know, reading an article about him and fast company and what they did with Postmates and other things, right. You start seeing how these tentacles are spreading out. When you came into the league, all you were thinking about was basketball and what you signed for with your contract. Right. Was there any other, I mean, my, my dad, we wanted to do something. We wanted to invest, but we didn't really know what, what to invest in at that time. We were just trying to get my first. I just wanted to win. Yeah. Like, I was telling him, like, we had that time where we lost, like, 13 or 14 games straight, and that's when MJ came into town. But, like, I wasn't used to losing at that rate and just not caring. Yeah. Right. Like, that shit can make you angry all the time. You so know what, what, I mean? were, what were guys doing off the court around that time? Like, what was the hot thing to do around the league outside of just outside of your contract? Around that time. Well, didn't like, there was stuff like uh, I know Jordan and some of those guys, didn't they have Jordan had a motorcycle team, right? Which one? Jordan. Right? Yeah. Okay. Uh, Rich, well, is Rich is killing the chips, Rich bro. Is, <laughs> <laughs> Get in here, by the way. Rich is trying to make as much secondhand noise as possible. <laughs> oh no. Now you're breaking over the pretzels? <laughs> Jesus. Gold free mini pretzels? Clutch. Dinner at the Durant's. That's that's the dinner is gluten free pretzels. I guess so. Are they good? Oh yeah, go ahead try some. Yeah, I don't know when this started with the players come in and they have it's not just basketball. It's like because I feel like when Jordan came in, that was the first guy. He looked at Nike. He looked at a couple different corporate sponsors, but that was it. Now it seems like these guys are coming in and and they almost they want to be the company. Mm. You know, not work for somebody else's company. Although Jordan eventually. Tune into the show, bro. But I don't know when that changed. I almost feel like it was LeBron and Maverick were the guys that flipped that. Initially, social like media helped eight, nine years ago. Your own platform to release content. I True. Think, I think it's helping a lot of guys. Get your message out to people. Yeah. What, how do you use social media these days? To troll. That's in one of the shows, too. It's great, by the way. They really like that one. What do you mean? We just talked about social media in general with Jack Dorsey mm-hmm. and how people use it and you're really going to become yourself or not and how you deal with shit. Do you use it more promotional or? Twitter, more so promotional. Instagram, more personal. I like it. Instagram's my favorite social media thing now. Why? I just like it. It's simple. I'm just like, here's some mm-hmm. pictures. So you're not. <laughs> Here are my pictures. You can't get in trouble. You can't get in trouble on Instagram. It's just like pictures. For what? Only you. Only you would start a conversation that way. Yeah. I looked at your followers on Instagram today. I was surprised. I'm being honest. That it wasn't. They weren't over a million. It's because I'm 49 years old. That's true. I think I'm. I think I'm one of the top over 40 accounts right now. That's a fair point, Bill. <laughs> it's like Will Smith. 
I think Will Smith is the only guy over 40 who has over a billion Instagram things. He jumped up quick, too. Yeah, Will Smith. He just came in the game so strong, though. He came in doing music videos out of life. I'll never catch Will Smith. What else do we have to talk about before we go? Anything? I don't, he, every time I want to talk about something controversial, you steered me away. I, not at all. Only free agency was the only thing. And I didn't actually yeah. steer away. I didn't even Ooh. mention the word free agency. You mentioned it. But you were going there. No, I wasn't. I was not going you were there. Headed that's to bullshit. That street. Bill, I got to be honest. I told you I'm a big fan of yours. That was pretty bad. Yeah. Get out. I just... <laughs> <laughs> nephew, what'd you think? <laughs> nephew. It seemed, nephew. It seemed like we were on, on the path to the road to be <laughs> Yeah. You went, you went early. You used ways. I didn't go early. It was like an hour <laughs> in. What did you say? Use ways. Use ways. Yeah. <laughs> we didn't really talk about the Draymond thing. You've already talked about it. I like talking to you about stuff that you haven't talked about yet. Yeah, well, I like when we ask you questions. All right, ask me some questions. I don't. <laughs> Kevin doesn't give a shit about that part. No, Katie's done. He's hungry. I am hungry. You hungry? I'll put some more basketball here. Oh, I had some guys I wanted to ask you about. I wrote it down so I wouldn't forget. You just pull a piece of paper out of your pocket like yeah. that. I wrote down some stuff. I you guys geek out a little bit. This is great. Is, all right, some quick questions. We'll do a speed round, then we'll go. Is the league deeper than it's ever been? I can't say that. Okay. Have you, you played Giannis this year? Yeah. Is Giannis up a level? Yeah. What's different? He knows he's Giannis now. Okay. Mm-hmm. You're still playing five feet off him. No, I, I get into him a little bit more. You play close to him? Yeah. Because you don't want to give him a head start? Yep. All right. Um, you haven't played Tatum this year? No, nah, but I... Nah. Okay. Doesn't seem like, doesn't seem play, like he's I on your radar. I was about to say I played against him this summer, so like... You played against him this summer? Yeah. How's that? He, yeah, he he showed me some stuff. Really? Oh, yeah. Tell me more. No, nah, he's nice. <laughs> he's nice. What's the ceiling for him? MVP candidate? Yeah, he got that talent, yeah. Where would you rank 20-year-old KD against 20-year-old Tatum for strengths and weaknesses? Mm. I'm talking second year. I'm taking, talking second year. Yeah, after PJ stopped playing your shooting guard. Yeah, second year. My situation was different. I could shoot whenever I want. So I would I went to the next level. I mean, he could have did he probably could do that. If he did that on another team, you never know, but it was just different situations. It's still better off him being on a really good team. Yeah, it, is. Good team. it is. It's better for him. Where do you stand on Tatum Jay? No, I'm saying he did that at the highest level. You saw it at Duke. Oh, I saw it when he went against Jabari Parker and he was giving him work and I was like, Oh, yeah. you're not even in college yet? And you're winning ones, okay. Well, he's yeah. nice. <laughs> I was like, yeah. This should have been the whole podcast. <laughs> we went at it. <laughs> that was a geek out moment. I love it. Uh, Kyrie? What about him? Seems healthy this year. You know how I feel about Kyrie. I think he, I really feel like he was like 70% last year. Like he had a thing sticking in his knee. Yeah, it did look like sometimes he was, um, he was uh, limping a little bit out there. Yeah. 
He was trying to fight through pain. He still was balling. Blake Griffin? It's, man, he's shooting threes now off the dribble. There's weird guys and making they, threes. They like Vucevic like, is making threes this year. I respect his three-pointers off the dribble. Right. So you almost want him to post That's up. That's dangerous for Blake Griffin to have that over a player. Like, that he may make a three-pointer off the dribble. He's averaging 25, 10, and 5 this year. Yeah, he's playing like a wing player. Really? Yeah, he really yeah. is. Yeah. Um, were you surprised? I never asked you this because we knew a podcast. Were you surprised PG went back to OKC? I could have seen him going either way. Before he went there, I was like, he going straight to the Lakers. But as the season went along and just kind of seeing how they formed the group over there, I was like, I could see him going either way. So I wasn't that surprised. I was like, ah, I seen that. I seen that. If he was on the Lakers with this team they have now instead of like the KCP contract and JaVale or something, that team would be I mean, that team yeah, would be team crazy. That team's George good now. Be better. What do you mean? What do you, no, but I'm saying that's like because <laughs> that team, that team's further ahead than I think I thought they would be. Lakers first month. Yeah, I like how they're playing. I like yeah, Josh Hart. Yeah. I like Kuzma. I like the Lonzo Lebron fit. They found them perfect lineups now. Yeah, that's like key, that man. Um, should the NBA legalize pot? It's on my list. Yeah. Why do you think they haven't? Just a stigma on it. Would you ever wear any other player's sneakers in your game? Yeah. When was the last time you did that? College, but I would. Yeah, I mean, who would you wear? Huh? What shoes are you jealous of? I'm not jealous of anybody's shoes. No, I'm just like, ah, oh, those are nice. I would wear those. PGs. The PGs. Kyrie's. The Simmons Bronze family wears the Kyrie's. before were too heavy for me, but last year, bronze was fire. I wanted those. And this year's bronze is tough. Um, Kobe's too. Okay. So every Nike athlete, I would wear it. If I, they, because they don't usually come in big sizes like mine. But if they did, I would definitely rock them in the game. All of them. 2020 Olympics? Tommy. That would be sweet. As of right now, I would want to play. Where are the 2020 Olympics, Rich? Oh, you're doing that. That'll be great. Yeah. yeah. Rich is is there already. He's got a suite. He's trying to sell shows. (laughs) That's right. Uh, The NBA podcast boom. We have a Vince Carter, Kent Bazemore podcast. That's great. I love it. Wow. I love it. They had Iggy and Curry on. They were talking all kinds of shit. It was really good. We need more NBA players talking ball like that, man. That was good. Do you listen to that one? I didn't listen to it, but it was great. It was great. I, I seen like that they had one. Of course, CJ is uh, he's is pretty dope. But more NBA players NBA? should do that shit. Which one? Do you have an NBA player in the ringer? We have two. We have JJ, and we have now this Bazemore and JJ Bazemore and Vince. Oh, y'all did Bazemore. Oh, that's... how are they together? Good. Great. Who has Tobias and Boban? I don't know. I didn't. They don't. They just had a little show. I think. Did you just announce something? <laughs> they had a show on uh, Instagram. Not at all. YouTube, never, I think. Never met either of them. We wanted Boban to do uh, movie reviews. That's hilarious. That yeah. Did he want you to want to do it? I don't. I, I don't oh, know if we let ever. Me ask you a question. How much money do you think you made on the Black Boy T-shirt? 
we sold like a hundred. At what price? I don't know. What do you think? What did we sell those for? Probably twenty. And what was your cost? You think? I don't know. I didn't do it. Five bucks a t-shirt. Well, it made up for KD owes me dinner because we bet the last time we did the pod that LeBron was going to go to LA and he lost. All right, so we're even. Yeah, you're even. You don't owe me dinner now. <laughs> you don't owe me dinner I'm about now. To say, really? Um, oh, this is a good one. Well, you thought I was really tight about it? No, I knew you wasn't. What, what, do, uh, what do you look for in a box score after a game? What are the three things you look at to try to understand what happened in the game? Um, my shot attempts, Clay shot attempts, Steph shot attempts. Shot attempts first? Yeah. You don't look at like team rebounds, opposing not three point first, percentage. Not first. I'm looking at the shot. Uh, what, what we shot from the field. He gave you an honest answer. It shocked you. Yeah. <laughs> Do you look at the shot attempts because you want to make sure everybody had around the right, or that yeah. nothing was too? Yeah, skewed? I just want to see how how mixed it is. So if you have 29 and Clay has eight, you know something went wrong. No, it's just fascinating to me to see that like. Before the game, you don't know how these shots are going to be distributed, and they just end up that way. It's just fascinating that the that the game of basketball always the ball always finds the best player, best scorer's hand. It's just all every night it plans out that way. I mean, it goes that way, and we don't plan it that way. So it's just pretty cool that. So I look at the efficiency and the makes and misses, and then I look at uh, field goal percentage, defense, and uh, assists after that, and then uh, turn. I like assists. I think you tell out from assists. Yeah. So if there's like defense. nine assists in a game, you know, it's been a little too much one-on-one. Hey, you had an awesome game against Kawhi. <clears throat> um, they ended up losing in overtime. Mm -hmm. But did you feel like Kawhi was back? 100%, 90%? Yeah. I always just think dudes on, if they on, those, if they on the court, then they, they back, so... You know, every, I just figured that he was going to always be the same player when he came, when he actually got on the court. So I never looked at him as any different. Because you guys went toe-to-toe -to -toe in that one. That was fun. That was a high level. Bill, Katie. Jay, I'll see you tomorrow. Um, Boogie is a teammate? The best. Give me, like, two Boogie stories. He hasn't had any. Come on. Not any, not any stories yet because he ain't played yet. You gonna get the but best But what about story. Boogie as a teammate? What he about just, Boogie in the locker room? Boogie in the bench? He's just consistent. It's no like. Is he funny? That, yeah, he's he's real. He's country. He's from Alabama, Mobile, Alabama. So, like, he has that country down south, you know, feel to him. So he always just he's like a he's like the big homie. It feel like you know what I'm saying. It's definitely bigger and stronger than everybody, but just real cool and down to earth. And you get that. You get that perception that he's just angry all the time and mean, and he's the total opposite as a teammate. He probably does have a quick temper, but when do you think he's gonna unblock me on Twitter? Probably never. But you don't care, do you? I'd hurt my feelings. Stop being so sensitive. No, here's why I hurt you my feelings. Insecure about yourself. No, Jalen and I were driving the boogie. You see how stupid that sounds. Jalen and I were driving the boogie bandwagon. <laughs> For years, and I, and I was like, I don't know. I thought, I thought we had a better relationship, me and Boogie. Yeah, you talk shit about somebody. Then I didn't talk shit about him. Oh, what did you right. say? I didn't vote for him for all NBA because I didn't think he played enough games. I didn't think his team was good enough. And he didn't but like did he it. play like an all NBA player? So, Who'd you put I over him? 
I don't vote all NBA if you if you didn't. Who would you put over? If you didn't go 500, I'm not voting for you. Who would you put over? I don't remember. It was like three years ago. Uh, so it must have been somebody that wasn't as good as him. Go 500. Nah, that's, and, I, and nah, I'll consider you, you for. You know your NBA. eyes don't lie. Stop. You're not one of those, Bill. <laughs> I'm just telling you. Your eyes don't lie. I don't, I don't vote for all NBA. I have a vote. Stop. I take it. When you watch a game, your eyes don't lie. You don't put somebody who's you know. If you got a choice to put the better player, up there. do you respect my choice to not put under 500 players on no, my all NBA team? What was, what was their record that year? I don't know. It was below 500. Do you think centers should be on the all NBA team or should be like the All Star game? I always look at the all NBA team as. If I'm voting for the five people, would they make sense as a five-man unit and go at it that way? So I, I've moved people around because, you know, like Davis can play him at forward. So if I really have to get him on, like, the first team, I'll you know get creative. with, like, voting that way or another way is, is it should be voted according to, like... The idea that when a career is over, you then flip it and say to a player, well, they never made the All-NBA or you never made an All-Star game. So then their legacy might be defined by that. That's why I take it but seriously. May, no, I know you do. I think you really do. I like that. And then it's like... But well, sometimes there's not enough space. What? And sometimes it's just not enough space. So I don't see how you can hold that against somebody. But that's no, why I you have to go back and look at it. And that's why I don't fully understand... like. Why all star game and all NBA wouldn't align them? You know, like it should be three front court players, maybe then not a center. If the all star game is three front court players and not a center, because it's like those are the two pillar rankings that you like outside of a championship that you judge a player's career by. The center's in the lead, though. Yeah, but they could make it as a front court player in the all star game too. Oh, I see what you're saying. I see what you're saying. Yeah, like I don't think Jokic should have an advantage over. KD because yeah. he just plays the five. I just spot. feel like the center shouldn't have been taken out of the All Star game, in my opinion. Yeah, then or the other way, or center should go back in the All Star game, right? Yeah, that's, that's probably what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. It's true. It's gonna be either or NBA and All Star. Then you know what you're really competing against because then Jokic should start at center or have a chance to start at center in the All Star game. When he has center. no chance to start in the All Star game, but he could probably have a better chance to make All NBA. Well, the All NBA is unbelievable this year at forward. You got. KD, you got LeBron, you got Giannis. Kawhi. And you have Kawhi. That's crazy. It's crazy. All of them playing really well. Yeah. And then Davis, who and Paul George. I consider to be a center. And Paul George is playing really well lately, too. It's just a yeah. loaded position. And then same hopefully my guard, dude. Guard. Hopefully my dude Tatum at some point. You just got this year. That's going to be a tough decision. You just gotta, man, that's going to be a tough decision. It's man. a tough one. What do you like? What's your criteria? I like wins. I like. I I I get it. The win shit, the win part of this whole thing, but it's a lot that goes into that when you determine that shit as like individual awards, man. Yeah, because I get sure, it. The wins won't be count. But at they some point, Steph, like wins will be held against Steph and Kevin, but then you're gonna use them for someone else. You're gonna well, like durability. No, nah, not 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 in that way, but it's just like it's a. You don't know, like guys may guys may be injured, or your fucking coach may be fired, or you might be going through. It's a lot that goes into winning. You might have two or three trades in a week. Like guys are getting bought out. Like you never know what goes into winning. There's a lot that go into it outside of just playing. Um, no, that, I get that, that factor like, in. You know what I'm saying when it comes to just like your team winning. 
Pierce's best season, I think they won 35 games. But I, I watched the games. I knew how good he was that season. Did but you would like, oh, have Did he make a first team All NBA? I think he made a couple seconds. I don't think he ever oh, made it. Oh, but first. you wouldn't have, you wouldn't have held that against uh Pierce, but you would have held it against Demarcus Cousins. No, because I thought part of the reason his team was losing because he was their best player. At that point in time, I didn't think he was ready to be the best player in a good Cause? team. Yeah, that at that point in time. I don't know if he's different now. How old was he at that time? I don't know. He's young. He's probably like 23, 24. Who were you expecting the Kings to be for for the Kings to get at that time? I have high expectations for good players. I think he's really talented. He was balling out that year. What do you mean? I know, but I, I, you know, how many I care coaches about, has he had? I care about the body language. How many coaches did he have? How many GMs did he have? He's had a lot of coaches and a lot of GMs. That was the case for not trading. How many teammates did he have? That actually turned out to be a good trade for them. I'm just saying, while he was there, how many? They got Buddy and they got like a tenth pick or something. Um, but I look at durability is the other thing because if it's coming down to like you and Kawhi. And you have basically the same numbers, but you've played ten more games than him. I think that matters. I don't think you know? so. I think it's harder to play eighty games than it is to play sixty-five. It is harder, but I, I feel like once you cross over sixty-five, then you you had a full season. It's fair. I didn't. Not vote. Everybody plays eighty-two. I remember. Uh, What's the average number of games played throughout the league? It can't be eighty-two. It can't I didn't be. Vote oh, for, it can't be seventy-two. I didn't vote for Curry last year because I think he missed 30, and it was just too many for me. And that was tough because I thought the 50 that he played were, like, obviously top seven or eight in the league. Yeah. But he's like, if you missed 30? 50 games from Curry is is basically, like, 60 games for somebody else or 70 or 70 games for somebody else. My cutoff is two-thirds for the All-NBA. You gotta you get know to you like fifty seven off of all NBA. I didn't teams, feel good though. about it. You left him off last year. He only played like fifty games. Oh, I'm tripping. <laughs> You're overthinking it at that point. Why? Wait. So then I just pencil him in every year, no matter what happens. If he's in the lineup for the majority of the season, and you know he don't got no season-ending injury, and he balled out the whole year, then I can see if he played twelve games on the year. 13 games. I forget who I bumped him on. 50 games. That's a lot of games, man. Any, la- any last words, KD? Nah, man. This is a nice conversation. I enjoyed it. What are you going to do for free agency? <laughs> I'll let you know. I'll tell you first. I'll tell you when, we, uh, when he cuts the mics off. All right. KD, Rich. When's boardroom come out? February, oh man, it's uh, in February. All right, thanks for doing this. All right, man. All right, thanks to ZipRecruiter. Don't forget to go to ZipRecruiter.com slash BS. Thanks to the Ringer Podcast Network. Don't forget to check out those great podcasts. Winging it. God, I really want to call it winging it. It's winging it. They just threw that extra G in there just to screw me up every time. And check out the JJ Reddick podcast as well. He might be the world's best podcaster. I always thought it was me, but it might be JJ Reddick. Uh, Thanks as well to Allbirds Believes over there at Allbirds that comfort design sustainability does not have to be mutually exclusive. Their wool runners are comfy shoes made from wool that are so soft it feels like walking on clouds. Is that what it feels like, Kyle? It's like walking on clouds? I don't know what walking on clouds, but I imagine it feels like this. With the holidays right around the corner, it's time to consider Allbirds as a gift for someone on your list or for yourself. All new Wool Runners available in a variety of limited edition colors and uh, 
sizes too, because people have different feet sizes. Over there at allbirds.com and also FanDuel. We talked about them. Look, I know everybody's not as good as at fantasy as I am, and you're probably not in the semifinals of both of your leagues like me. That's why we have Daily Fantasy. When you're out and you're real fantasy, you move over to Daily Fantasy, or if you could be like me and just play Daily Fantasy every week. You could go to FanDuel. It's the place to play. At FanDuel, you get the excitement of researching and building your team each week regardless of the outcome. Come play with me at FanDuel.com slash BS. Get a $5 bonus when you make your first deposit. FanDuel.com slash BS. New users only. Bonus not available for withdrawal. State and age restrictions apply. For full eligibility rules and terms and conditions, go to FanDuel.com. The BS podcast is probably coming back, I would guess, late Thursday night. If you get bored of me, go listen to the rewatchables. We did The Firm. It was really fun. Chris Ryan does an impersonation of Wilfred Brimley. That changed my life. It might change yours as well. Uh, Until then.